You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. You're listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the Holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find out full of surprises. It's not over yet. No. There is another. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news, rumors, and updates on Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens, as well as Star Wars Rogue One, Star Wars Rebels, Star Wars Battlefront, and all this other cool new Star Wars stuff we've got coming up in the very near future. Um, this is our 64th episode, and we are getting very close to The Force Awakens, uh, what, like four months out now, so... Um, man, this is this is going to be an exciting episode. We've got a ton of stuff to talk about. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim? Hey, what's up, Kyle? Uh, I think I'm still recovering from all the massive Star Wars awesomeness we got last week <laughs> with reveals, images, interviews, just announcements, tons and tons of good stuff. It's probably one of the best weeks of like Star Wars we've had leading up to The Force Awakens. It was awesome. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. I mean... On our last episode, we were looking forward to D23. You know, that was like kind of the last big convention of the summer where we were expecting to get some Star Wars news. But, um, you know, the D23 didn't disappoint. But then we also had a, a couple of surprises dropped on us out of nowhere where it was like, whoa, this is cool. And we had no idea it was coming. I know. I mean, to kick it off, I mean, I remember it was like last week or Monday or Tuesday, something like that. I couldn't sleep that night. So I decided to check Twitter, scrolling through, and I see, like, a new shot from The Force Awakens and a new, like, uh, TV spot. Like, oh, whoa. <laughs> so I clicked that. I saw it. it was the Korean TV spot that came out, which combined footage from the both teasers from the first one and the second one. But at the very beginning, we get this awesome shot of the First Order from in the on Starkiller Base on the Snow Planet, where it's kind of like the opposite of what we got in the second teaser, where the Stormtroopers turn around. We're seeing it from behind. And after I saw that, I couldn't sleep anyway that night, but then that kept me up for like another hour just <laughs> looking at it and rewinding that teaser. It was like a really cool way to kick everything off from all the awesome stuff we would get later on that week. Yeah, man. I mean, that was way cool. And it's funny because, I mean, once these big movies start coming out, um, you know, you'll get the the first teaser trailer and then like the main trailer. But then once the TV spots and stuff start coming out, it's like you get stuff from all over the place. Um and I'm kind of surprised that this first TV spot came from, like, Korea. And it's like, man, we haven't even seen, like, sort of the, the official trailer yet. It's still, like, the first two teasers. But, um, you know, definitely we're not seeing TV spots here for it here in the U.S. yet. But uh, the fact that they've got this teaser over in Korea already. And like you said, it's got this really cool new shot of the First Order looking very um, well, bad guy-ish. Yeah. Um, sort of the layout of this army. I mean, it, it definitely is reminiscent of, like, Nazis and communists and all the, you know, the evil armies and stuff throughout the history of our world. But there's something about it that also kind of reminds me of something almost out of, like, Lord of the Rings, 
Um, yeah, I know like, what the, you like the shot where Saruman is addressing his whole army before they go marching off to yeah. Helm's Deep in the Two Towers, and it's probably the banners that do that for me. Like it's the fact that all these stormtroopers are separated into kind of like blocks and segments of like their squads and units and stuff, and then they're kind of just like these red, uh, you know, flag banners kind of s- scattered throughout. Um, but yeah, very cool looking shot. And like you said, it's kind of the reverse of, uh, of that shot we see in the trailer where they're all turning around. Yeah. Um, I like mentioned Lord of the Rings. Like I'm expecting now general Hux just to shout out the end to war. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I was going to ask like who you think that figure is. That's kind of standing at the front of this balcony, overlooking it, obviously sort of standing behind them. You can see a couple of stormtroopers or snow troopers or flame troopers or whatever those are. Um, a few more like general slash officer looking people. One person who obviously is captain Phasma. Cause you can see the Cape and the Chrome helmet there. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that person in the front is general Hux, um, which is interesting. Cause you know, when we saw this shot the first time where you see this person way far off in the background and it's just like this tiny little black dot. And we were all speculating like, Oh, that's probably Supreme leader Snoke or Kylo Ren. But um I don't know. If it's not General Hux, it's definitely someone wearing the same type of uniform. Yeah, I think it's definitely him. It looks like that's the same like uh, coat that he has. And we know he's the general and one of the main villains of the movie. And since we don't see Kylo Ren there and we don't see Andy Serkis and like our motion capture like type alien looking character, it's, I think it's pretty safe to assume that it's General Hux. But then you got these three other characters like in between the two snow troopers and behind Captain Phasma kind of wondering if they're kind of like the new version of uh, the emperor's uh, like aides that he had in return of the Jedi and the purple robes and all that. But I wonder if they're just going to be there just to, you know, be looking as like high ranking officials and not really have anything to them. Just kind of as extras, just representing some more high ranking officials in the first order or not. But I kind of got that vibe to it. Maybe they're going to be like the next emperor's aides for the first order or something like that. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, Outfits do kind of give off that same kind of vibe, except it's like the same kind of outfit that General Hux is wearing from what we can tell. Mm. Um, so I think they're probably just other you know, military admirals or commanders or generals or whatever. So probably just more high-ranking officers there overseeing the, uh, the mass assembly of this huge army. Yeah, like you said, it's such a really cool shot. I mean, I just can't wait for this whole sequence. That shot with the stormtroopers turning looked amazing, and now this visual of it. I mean, I just can't wait to when they reach this planet in The Force Awakens. This looks really cool. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think this is going to be, like, the big reveal. Kind of like in that shot from Lord of the Rings, too. Like, the first time you see sort of the bad guy's full strength revealed for the first time. Um, and, you know, they just kind of have some skirmishes with Kylo Ren and some stormtroopers and stuff. And then you see, like, oh, crap, they've got this whole army waiting in the wings. Yeah, I mean, it looks like the Resistance is going to have their hands full <laughs> with the That's First Order. That's for sure. That's um, going to be awesome for us to see, no doubt about that. Yeah, and you know, I love the the way this whole trailer was cut together, too. Me too, um, yeah. That's a good point. Because even though, I mean, this was the only new shot in there, and it's only a 30-second teaser, and the rest of it is just kind of reused footage from uh, from the other trailers. The funny thing is, even though the other two trailers are both, like, almost a minute long, or, like, almost two minutes long each... Um, it's still, you know, there's a lot of like black and fade outs and words on the screen and pauses and, you know, stuff like that to kind of build up the, the anticipation. Cause after I watched it, I had to kind of go back and check. I was like, wait, was that only 30 seconds? Cause that felt like I, I almost watched like a re-edit of everything that was in the first two trailers. <laughs> like they got a lot of this stuff in there. Um, so you really, I mean, it kind of makes you realize how little we've seen of the movie so far. 
Yeah, that's true. But like you said, I loved how it was edited together, the music that went on with it. Kind of made me think of the music didn't sound anything familiar from the previous Star Wars soundtrack. I kind of doubt it, but it kind of makes me think, is this like a tease of some of the new music we might hear in The Force Awakens? But, I mean, we got the the narration of uh, Supreme Leader Snoke that we got from the first teaser, but then hearing that with the footage we got from the second teaser, it was just really cool. Yeah, like you said, it was edited together really good where we got pretty much all the iconic shots from both teasers. So, yeah, it was, like you said, only 30 seconds, but it felt like we were seeing both teasers all in one video plus the new shot. So that just made it even better. Yep, definitely some cool stuff. And again, I mean, this was sort of the the opening salvo in what was about to be a, a huge week of Star Wars news because then soon after this dropped, um, Entertainment Weekly just dropped like an atom bomb of Star Wars news <laughs> and images and stuff. They they posted, uh, I think, 12 new pictures here. I'm scrolling through the gallery. It says there are 13 pictures, but one of the... Okay, so one of them is the, uh, the magazine cover. So it's 12 new images from the movie. Um... Although even here, like, a couple of these seem like things we've seen before. Um, like, the the one with J.J. Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan kind of, like, sitting on the floor of this set. Um, yeah, also- there are some that we have seen before. A lot of them, or two of them, actually, the ones that I'm really excited about, where we got the images shown at Comic-Con, but they were never officially released, like, of Captain Phasma and General Hux. But now we yeah. get them in, like, all their high-res glory and... Man, that Captain Phasma one. <laughs> That's on everything I use. My phone wallpaper, my desktop wallpaper, my Xbox One background. <laughs> that image is just so, so cool. I mean, I keep thinking, can this character just possibly get every... Is it possible that she just looks cooler and cooler every time a new image is released of her? <laughs> it's like, that's how it's been so far. I'm just so glad that that image finally got released because, man, it is awesome. I still can't stop staring at it now that we're talking about it. <laughs> yeah. So let's just, I'm just going to back up to the beginning of the gallery here and we'll just kind of go through these one by one. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about some of the articles that are in here too. But um, honestly, I mean, we could be here for hours like analyzing and reading through all these articles totally. and stuff. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you guys are probably better off just going and reading them yourselves if you haven't yet, but there's a lot of great stuff in them. Um, but I mean, I think these images were released first. And again, we didn't even realize at the time that we were going to get as much info as we did like over the next week or two. Cause, um, I guess they were, they're sort of, sort of promoting the new issue of entertainment weekly, which is like their fall movie preview. Um, and the big focus of it is star Wars and Kylo Ren is on the cover of the magazine and it is just like a freaking sweet picture. Um, but in order to like build up the hype and get people to buy the magazine, they first posted these images. And then like, it seemed like almost every day there was a new article about Kylo Ren or the origin of character names or whatever. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so just starting off with these images, I mean, the first one here looks like Ray and Finn running through like a marketplace or something on Jakku with a stormtrooper. And it looks like maybe even two stormtroopers. There's one that you can like kind of see the back of behind Ray. Um, but definitely at least one stormtrooper behind him with his blaster up, um, you know, probably about to miss again because I don't think these guys are going to get killed while they're still on Jakku. But, you know, um, <laughs> that's funny. That's what I thought. I, mean, I love this image, too. I mean, this is one of my favorite ones released where this cool scene because we've seen the shots of Ray and Finn running before in the teasers, too. But see stormtroopers actually chasing them. Well, it's just, it just looks awesome. But like you said, unfortunately, it's going to be a lot of shooting and missing <laughs> when it comes to them. But I just thinking, man. 
they're going to have a long run in this sequence. They're running from stormtroopers, and then in the teaser, they're being chased down by TIE fighters, and BB-8 joins them later. <laughs> we saw that shot in the teaser. So I mean, this would be a pretty cool sequence, which I'm guessing it's going to lead up to the TIE fighter and Millennium Falcon chase that we saw. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, this is <laughs> one of the many action sequences that I just can't wait for. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. In fact, I mean, who knows? Maybe somebody's going to end up running with four speed or something, and that's how they get away from all these guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you can outrun stormtroopers, but I'm like, how are you going to outrun a TIE fighter on foot that's like circling around overhead and shooting at you? But um, yeah, I think this is definitely going to end with them getting on the Falcon and uh, taking off and doing their thing. Um, but then the next image, I mean, I could just stop here because this is like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Um Kylo Ren facing the camera in all his masked glory. I mean, if you guys haven't figured it out yet, I Kylo Ren is easily my most anticipated character in this movie, and that mask is just so cool looking. <laughs> um, it's especially cool looking when it's got the red light reflecting on it from his lightsaber, which he's got ignited and kind of held in front of him like in a defensive position. And you see, I, I think he's in that... Uh, you know, like the forest that we see him in in that shot in the first teaser because there's like some dead trees behind him and some snow falling in front of him. And I don't think this is a screenshot from the movie. I think this is just, you know, a promotional image um, that they, you know, kind of stage like this, but it still just looks so beautiful. And this is my phone wallpaper now. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't think it's going to be anything different for quite some time. Yeah, I mean, the pose is really cool itself. But to me, what makes the image is just, the background in the snow i just love that setting even we talked about in the first teaser how i love that how that snow planet looks with the forest and everything so you're right it's probably more of a publicity thing but it's no doubt probably going to tease this fight sequence we are going to get in that moment because we see him ignite his lightsaber in the teaser and then we got this image right here i just love that whole snow forest setting and i just can't wait to see the reason why he's igniting his lightsaber <laughs> oh yeah yeah. yeah, for sure. I think this is definitely like supposed to be from a scene in the movie. It's just not like this one particular image is not like a frame from the movie. Exactly. Yeah. But man, it's just so awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I mean, it's painful to even click over to the next image because I could just stare at this one all night. But uh, I mean, the next one we've got is uh, John Boyega in his stormtrooper armor still um, kind of running around the wrecked remains of a TIE fighter that's crashed on Jakku. So um I mean, obviously, we can kind of put a little bit of this stuff together as to what's happening at the beginning of the movie, because um, in the first, you know, in the first teaser trailer, we, that first shot is of Finn popping up. And I think it's going to be right before this. You know, there'll probably be some chase sequence or something in space. And then he crash lands on the planet and the camera's going to, like, fade to black or something right before he impacts. And then it's just going to be, you know, that panning shot of the desert and he pops up all out of breath. And then it cuts to something like this where he's looking at the, uh, you know, assessing the damage of his TIE fighter, and maybe he's somehow gotten thrown out of it or something. Um, and then we also got, uh, I think in the behind-the-scenes reel from Comic-Con, there was a shot that was kind of similar to this. It was like an aerial shot, and you could see the TIE fighter that had crashed through the sand. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just another cool image. I just wonder, if, when he's in that TIE fighter, did he leave his Stormtrooper helmet like when he escaped from the base or something, or did he, is it still in the TIE fire? That's what he's going after. Cause I would hate for him to lose that stormtrooper helmet. <laughs> no, I think Ezra stole it before he will. Yeah. <laughs> Ezra as an older man, still collecting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's such a cool image. I mean, all the, 
like you mentioned, the behind-the-scenes documentary, even the concept art that came out a while ago before all this stuff, that shot of the TIE fighter crashing, it is such a cool image visually seeing that TIE fighter just in flames and then just crash in the desert. That's going to go perfectly with all the other crash ships on Jakku, so it's not going to yeah. stand out probably, except for all the flames. But yeah, it's another cool image that we keep seeing more of and it just looks more awesome every time. Yeah, so cool shot there. I love this next one because... Um, this is a shot of Ray kneeling down next to some big armored creature with a little alien dude riding on top of it. Um, and she's like cutting BB-8 out of a net. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, it looks like maybe she's buying him or freeing him from this little scavenger guy. Um, you know, I mean, maybe she's buying it from this guy or maybe this is like a friend of hers who captured bb-8 and she's like oh hey he's cute don't keep him in a net let's let him out or something um yeah that's kind of what i'm thinking it's going to be i mean we're, we're probably going to see after everything that goes on where all the characters get on jakku where we see bb-8 maybe by himself and then it's kind of like the r2 java sequence just a little different where we see this new scavenger who i think in the article his name was tito not Greedo, but tito oh <laughs> and, yeah yeah i remember reading that and that creature is called the the Lugga Beast, I believe. Yeah. So he's probably going to, we see him get captured. And like you said, Ray's probably affiliated with these different scavengers. And when he brings them back and Ray sees it's like, oh, like, you can't, like, keep destroy caught in this net and all that. So she probably feels a little sympathy for him. And that will be the beginning of the BB 8 and Ray relationship. But like you said, this is a pretty cool image. And just curious to see how it's all going to play out with BB-8 getting captured and then rescued and all that. Yeah. And I mean, it's just a cool visual with like the sun setting behind them and stuff. But then I love the design of this creature and the way it's got like this armor plating and stuff. And it's obviously, um, you know, stuff that they've scavenged probably from the battle of Jakku because, um, this looks like it's probably Imperial armoring and stuff, especially the, whatever armor piece they've got, like on the head of this beast, you can't actually see the creature's head because it's, stuck in this metal shell and tim i don't know if you picked up on this but i think this might be like a little star wars rebels easter egg because that thing looks exactly like the atdp walkers that they're always fighting in rebels um now i don't know exactly if that's what it's supposed to be because it does seem like it might be a little bit small like if you just kind of think about it to scale it's like in rebels you know you see like two or three guys sitting in the cockpit of that thing and even though it is supposed to be smaller than an ATST, I'm like, I don't know if a person could fit inside that. But I mean, just the shape of it, and especially what looks like, you know, the eye hole or whatever. I'm like, that looks almost exactly like that. Yeah. Now that you mentioned it, I do see what you mean. How it could be that, and yeah, I think that'd be cool if it was a little Easter egg for Star Wars Rebels put in there, whether intentionally or not. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Oh well, I think it would definitely be intentional because I mean, they've. It's been a while since we've heard about this, but you know, they've definitely teased that that you know, Rebels could have, like, some small connections to the, you know, the upcoming films and stuff. And, That's you know, true, yeah, I about that. Like, Simon I don't, said that, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think we're going to see, like, Zeb in The Force Awakens, but... Um, you know, I was like, oh, maybe that's what they were talking about. You know, we'll see somebody riding a beast around on Jakku that's wearing an old, uh, you know, Empire-era walker head for an armoring thing. Yeah, just a cool concept, though, that using... Like these scavengers are using all the stuff they find for everything, like whether from themselves or their beasts of burdens and stuff like that. So like nothing's going to waste on the planet of Jakku. So just really more anxious to find out more about this planet, really. Because, I mean, we all thought it was Tatooine 
beforehand, but just what's mm-hmm. going to make it separate itself from Shadowwing, like its own like living culture and the lifestyles of the different species on here. So you can maybe get a little similarities between these scavengers and Jawas, but I'm not sure if they're necessarily going to be selling all this stuff or they're just kind of using it to survive for themselves. So it should be interesting to find out what exactly these scavengers and their purposes for for all the stuff they take. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure a lot of it is just like, hey, we found this old, you know, cool old stuff. Maybe we should do something with it. Um, and if it's anything like Tatooine, you've got the Jawas, but then you've also got sand people that run around and, you know, kill you. So, um, you know, that would make sense why you'd want to put some armor plating on your beast that you're going to yeah. go ride out for, you know, scavenging stuff in case some, you know, not so nice people are out there trying to salvage the same wreck that you are. So. I wonder if I'll ever see what the Lega Beast looks like without that armored plating on his face. <laughs> so just going to kind of keep it a mystery. Yeah, who knows? Just like we've never seen what the face of a Jawa looks like. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe they might want to make two versions of the toys, the Lega Beast with the armored plating and one without. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, you know. Heck, I'd be happy to just get the armor plated one. That looks pretty sweet. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'd agree. So anyway, speaking of armor plating and stuff, we move on to uh, the next images of R2-D2 and C-3PO. And yes, he definitely has a solid red uh, new arm here. Um, Other than that, not really anything new going on in this one. R2 looks pretty much the same. As far as we can tell, there aren't really any uh, new changes or additions or anything to him. It looks like they're probably in that same resistance base on what we're assuming is Yavin. Um... And then, uh, you know, there's you can see kind of the, the heads and the backs of some resistance officers and stuff behind them. But um, other than that, not really, uh, you know, a whole lot of new stuff to dissect here. Yeah, it's just great to see R2 and 3PO again <laughs> together yeah. in one shot. Yeah, I'm still just really curious as to, you know, I, like I hope they give an explanation for that red arm. Although I kind of get the feeling that they might not. Um, or it might be explained like in a book or a comic or something, but I get the feeling, you know, it's probably not something that's going to be that essential to the plot of the movie. Um, unless, like I said, they make a joke about Chewie pulling his arm out of his socket one time he got annoyed at him, which I still really hope happens. But, <laughs> that um, would be the best explanation, but I kind of agree where we're not going to hear any mention of it in the movie. It'll probably be referenced in a book or comic, like you said, because we never heard any reasons for the different plating he got in the prequels too <laughs> from when each movie he had a different plate of uh, armor or not armor, but you know, uh, coverings for him. So yeah, I kind of well, except that. they did explain that in the clone wars micro series. Um, Cause in episode one, you know, he, he was like, Oh, my pots are showing, you know, he didn't have any covering um, episode two, you know, presumably maybe Owen or Cleeg uh, Lars had, put some plating on him but it wasn't yeah, well, very Lucas actually looking. filmed a scene where Padme put the like silver plating on him but that oh, okay. was got cut um, and well, then he, when, he, when they first showed up he was already in the silver covering so yeah <laughs> I don't like think changed in that the first time yeah. Um, but yeah then in the Clone Wars micro series there's a scene where um, Anakin and Padme kind of like trade droids where he gives her 3PO because she's a senator and she can use a protocol droid and she gives him R2 to um, you know, help fly his Jedi starfighter and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it, so at one point Anakin sees 3PO with Padme and he hasn't seen 3PO in a while and 3PO is all shiny and gold. And he's like, wow, 3PO, you look new. And he's like, oh yes, when you're in the presence of a senator, one look, one must look presentable. Um, so it's, you know, at some point in there, Padme upgraded him. 
But uh, I guess that's not officially canon anymore. But then also I was going to say in like even in the original trilogy, 3PO had, you know, he's all gold, but one of his legs is silver, um, just like from the knee down. And they never not only do they never give an explanation for that, like occasionally I'll point that out to somebody and they're like, wait, really? Like, I never noticed that. And for a long time, I didn't notice it either. I mean, I was probably like in my late teens or something and I was like, wait, and I had to go back and check it. <laughs> yeah. And like you said, didn't hear a peep about any of that stuff. So <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to be any different in this one. Yeah. Except, I mean, it's just like so bright red. Like if he had a silver arm or a black arm or something, you know, or even it was just kind of like a, a rusty red that looked kind of similar to the gold, you know, I don't know. But it's just, for somebody that's just such a, a stark contrast. Yeah. Like that red is not shiny at all. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of curious and kind of hope they point it out just because it's going to be one of those things that bugs me. Like, but why is it like that? Yeah. <laughs> or maybe we'll just get it in the visual guide or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. See, again, it, that seems like one of those things that it'll be explained, but maybe not in the movie. Mm. Um, It'd be interesting to hear JJ's explanation though, like not from a story point from the movie, but just why they chose that to make mm-hmm. it red. Yeah. Well, I'm guessing it was probably just one of those things where, you know, it's like, eh, it's 30 years later. We wanted to change something. Um, I mean, remember we saw some concept art really early on of like Chewie with a mechanical hand. That's right. Um, and I mean, I was like, that would kind of be cool, except we were also seeing the concept art at that time of who we thought was Kylo Ren with like the mechanical face. Um, and that's what I love is that there's still stuff we really have no idea about with this movie. Because I mean, now obviously we've seen Kylo Ren and I'm like, man, that dude with the mechanical face, like. Was that just an early concept for Kylo Ren or is that somebody completely different or I don't know what's going on? Um, obviously, we haven't you know seen or heard any small hint of that character like in any official capacity. So um, that's that's still pretty exciting. But anyway, going back to the, the Chewie thing, um, you know, it's like we, we were seeing concept art of like a lot of different characters with robot hands and limbs and stuff like that. Um, so I'm kind of glad they didn't do that for Chewie, but like, I'm not surprised they just decided to change something small with 3PO. I'm just like, why does it have to stand out that much? Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if it becomes another mystery for us to solve. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the next image after that is probably my second favorite behind that first Kylo Ren one, because this is another picture of Kylo Ren flanked by stormtroopers with stuff on fire behind him and just looking like a boss. Um, I mean, just, you know, the, his pose, like, I think this probably is a still frame from the movie cause he's like striding towards the camera and it's just kind of got him in mid stride, like with his arms straightened and his leg out and, you know, just, yeah, they make jokes all the time about like action heroes, you know, slowly walking away from explosions. Well, really cool bad guys just slowly walk away from burning wreckage of stuff that they just destroyed. <laughs> I totally get what you're saying, man. This this is probably my second favorite one after the Captain Phasma image. I mean, so much going on in here. You got Kylo Ren looking awesome, like you said, but Kylo Ren looks even cooler when he's got stormtroopers behind him that just look awesome. And, yeah, just thought the flames going on. We got a little glimpse of this in the, of course, in the teaser, but kind of the shot and pose was from the behind-the-scenes video when we see him walking down that ship. So, I mean, we kind of get a good idea of what's going on in this sequence, but is this, like, the reason why he's, like, torching this village? And, like, 
the effects like of what he of what the sequence has on the rest of the movie and these people of Jakku on here. So I mean, there's so much to go on with this one image where it just looks so awesome. I mean, I just can't get over the designs of these costumes. I mean, I've said it time and time again. I mean, Star Wars has the coolest looking designs for lots of different characters in any franchise out there. I just love the fact that it's continuing on with this movie. And Kylo Ren is definitely a big part of that, of why it's continuing that tradition. But like I said, seeing the Stormtroopers there just makes it look so cool. And I actually was tempted to use this as my wallpaper and foam backgrounds too, but Captain Phasma <laughs> got the edge a little bit. But there's no denying that this image is just nothing but pure awesomeness. <laughs> yeah, well, I think this one I now have as my uh, Facebook cover picture. Um I did actually change it to our Twitter uh, page. That is the header for that, too. So. Oh, okay, cool. Didn't go on ca- total Captain Phasma on everything I did. I thought it'd be a little different for our main Twitter page. but <laughs> Yeah. Oh, actually, I just checked my Facebook because I was like, I had to double check and see what picture it was. I had used this one, and then I just changed it to the mm-hmm. that first picture where you just see the mask and the lightsaber and everything. Um but yeah, I mean, I, obviously, again, I'm a huge fan of that Kylo Ren design. I mean, to the point where, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm going to wait to pass final judgment on the character until I've actually seen the movie. But at least from a visual standpoint, um, I think he's, for me, got to be like right up there with Darth Maul, maybe even above Darth Maul as like the second best looking Star Wars villain behind Vader. It's hard to argue. I mean, you could have plenty of debates on who's the coolest looking character in this, but I think when you were saying about Darth Maul, I mean, he has that cool factor that we all had before we saw episode one about Darth Maul and how a lot of us were disappointed that he wasn't in it as much as he probably could have been or we wanted to, but I don't think we're going to have that problem with Kylo Ren. Because yeah, what do with so. The articles that Entertainment Weekly had about him, he's going to be a main focal point of this movie, which is awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, so moving on to the next image, um, like you said, we start getting a couple of the images that we um, kind of got like the, the bootlegged off-screen versions of at Comic-Con, um, but this is the first time we've got like the official release version. So we've got the picture of uh, General Hux here um, standing you know, either in a base or the hallway of a Star Destroyer or something like that with a Stormtrooper right by, well, actually, I guess a line of Stormtroopers because you can only see one, but then if you look down, you can see some more feet. Um and then, uh, you know, some more people in the background behind him. You can't really tell who those are. They might be stormtroopers, might be some other people. But yeah, it looks um, like it might be some imperial officers or first order officers, I should say. Yeah, um, but I mean, obviously, we we get a good look at General Hux himself and his uniform and his costume and everything. Um, yeah, definitely has a kind of a younger Tarkin vibe going on. Um, as far as, uh, you know, I, I don't know, I, I doubt this guy will get a whole lot of, like, action scenes in the movie, but, you know, definitely be, like, a, a driving sort of cunning force behind the whole First Order military and all that. Um, also kind of interesting the way he's got this trench coat, like, just sort of draped over his shoulders, and you can see mm-hmm. doesn't have his arms in the sleeves, and I'm like, I wonder what that's for. <laughs> he's making a fashion statement right there. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I just love the design of the First Order officers. Look, I think we talked about this when we were talking about the, the Comic-Con image when he was first revealed. But now that we've got a better look at it, just the whole design of the code, I just love how it has – it looks like on the side of the sleeve it's the First Order symbol on there. 
which I think would look cool. Probably look cool if it was a classic Imperial logo, but uh, it's still cool that they just have like their insignia on their uniforms too, kind of more prominent than what we saw with some of the Imperial officers. So, and I love that it's all black too, because even though we did see some black uh, Imperial officers where their uniforms were all black, but like Tarkin and like Admiral Pia, General Beers, they were all in the gray uniforms. But it looks like I haven't seen any so far what images that release first order officers in gray like uniforms they've all been black so far which i think mm-hmm. looks cooler so a little thing that maybe will separate them a little bit from the empire but it's uh yeah i just like the looks on them too so uh, can't wait to see more of them just like everything else with this movie i mean with the first order too because stormtroopers look awesome imperial officers look awesome kylo ren's look awesome Captain Phasma is beyond awesome, but the only one missing is Supreme Leader Snoke. We'll see how he fits in line with all the other cool characters in the First Order. But yeah, the First Order is living up to the legacy that they spawned from with the Empire. So yeah, yeah, love what I'm yeah. seeing about him. For sure. And then speaking of Captain Phasma, we go to the next image. Um, and yeah, this is another awesome design here. Um, whoever decided, hey, we should take like a Stormtrooper make them shiny chrome and give them a red and black cape. Um, that person deserves a medal. Yes. Can that person get an Oscar for a costume design, please? <laughs> I hope the main costume designer for this movie gets recognized for awards because they're just, like we said, knocking out of the part. And for me, none better than Captain Fazwa. I mean, you've heard me gush about her <laughs> so much ever since it was announced. And it's even the rumors that we began of a chrome stormtrooper, just how visually cool it looks. And yeah, there are, Proving that right, where it's just such an awesome, like unique but yet familiar design. It's just little things that add so much to it. That cape, that's what I love about it. The cape on Stormtrooper armor just looks amazing. And the scene her walled in her blaster, it looks cool. And yet she looks awesome, but she's another character we hardly know anything about, really. I mean, sometimes I wonder, is she even going to talk in this movie? Is she just going to be like that physical presence where she doesn't have to talk, but you know she means business and all that. So, yeah. It's, top of my list of characters I just can't wait to see more of. And of course, I mean, we want to know the story isn't going to focus on her. We're going to be invested in Ray Finn, Poe Dameron, and Han Solo, Luke, and Brenda Slea. But as far as, just from a visual standpoint and this coolness factor, I think Captain Phasma is at the top of my list for the character I just can't wait to see in this movie. And hopefully, I just was comparing uh, Kylo Ren to the whole Darth Maul scenario. Captain Phasma could be that, but I'm kind of hoping... And more than likely, it probably won't be. She'll have more to do than Maul. But out of, out of two of them, she's the one who has that potential maybe where... Uh, see, I don't want to cause like concern for disappointment because I don't think JJ and them are going to... They're going to balance off everything pretty well. So, But out of all of them, she has the potential to be that character that maybe you can be disappointed with screen time. But hopefully not because I want to see as much of her on screen as we can. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, I think... Kylo Ren is supposed to be the main villain of this movie, for sure. Um, And Darth Maul was, like, the main villain of The Phantom Menace, but he's kind of, you know, sticking to the shadows for most of the time and then just has that one big lightsaber duel at the end. Um, So I I think of Kylo Ren more in that sense, but I think we're going to not only see a lot more of him, but also get more insight into his character and his backstory and stuff. I see Captain Phasma more as, like, the Boba Fett of this movie, um, but again, I think she's going to get maybe not necessarily more character development. Um, cause like you said, I mean, at this point I'm kind of wondering, like, is she even going to talk? Um, she might, but I doubt we're going to learn like her history and her backstory and everything, sure. but I do think she's going to get more to do than Boba Fett did in either of the, uh, the original movies. 
Um, you know, she's not going to have like one fight scene at the beginning of the movie, get thrown into a Sarlacc pit and leave fans debating for the next 30 years about whether or not she's actually dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's another concern I have too. Like, uh, cause some bad guy has to bite the dust in this movie. I don't think it's going to be Kylo Ren. It's probably be Phasma or Hux. So I just hope she survives <laughs> this trilogy and not just being one and done character for the Force Awakens. Yeah, we'll see. Um, you know, but she certainly. could have like an amazing like death sequence where she just goes out <laughs> like just taking a bunch of resistance fighters on, but it's maybe it's too much for Hando, like goes out in a blaze of glory or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like the way Boba Fett describes himself going out in the robot chicken special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was like 20, 80 Jedi's up there and I took out like twenty of them and then I was like, see you later, suckers, here's a thermal detonator, and then jump down the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> oh man that would be awesome if we got something like that (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i mean again just another really cool looking costume design um and then the next image again this is the one i said where it's got uh jj abrams and simon kinber or uh lawrence kasdan um sitting on the set just talking um and i think we've either seen this image before or we saw like a similar clip in that behind the scenes reel but um, I mean, still just, you know, cool to see and cool to think about like what's going on there. Um, what are they changing in that script right now? <laughs> yeah. You know, what are they changing? What are they talking about? I mean, what I wouldn't give to be a fly on the wall right there. Yeah, they could be deciding on Captain Phasma's fate right then and there. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it looks like they are in the star killer base or a first order base or star destroyer or something like that. Yeah, definitely some sort of Imperial installation. You can tell by the the little ovals or rounded rectangles or whatever you want to call them on the wall there. Mm, Yeah, definitely. Um, And then we've got a shot of Poe Dameron um, walking away from his X-Wing fighter. And it looks like Poe is going to have that that black and orange X-Wing that we see um, in the... uh, We we saw some of the earlier um, aerial leap set photos... Um, where there was a red and orange X-Wing, and it looks like that is going to be Poe Dameron's. And I think I read in one description or something that uh, at the beginning of the movie, when like the First Order is torching stuff, like his X-Wing gets burned, and then he paints it to cover it up. Mm. Um, I'm like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I can't wait to see that X-Wing in action. Like you said, we've seen those aerial like shots from the set, and then a little glimpse of it here. But hopefully in the next trailer we get, we'll see this black X-Wing in action, because it's going to look really cool. Yeah, because actually, I don't think... I mean, the the uh, the one that we see in the trailer, at least in the first trailer, is not the black one. No, it's um, definitely not. Yeah, no, but we don't know for sure that it's Poe in that shot where you see like those three x-wings come into view um true yeah because i mean we see him in the cockpit of a fighter and then you know you you cut to a shot of like three fighters skimming skimming along the water obviously you're kind of supposed to assume he's in one of those but i also would assume if they're getting ready for some big assault or something which is what it looks like they'd probably bring more than three starfighters with them so maybe his black one is you know ahead of the pack or something yeah, um, like who knows what they did with editing for the trailer. It's like they want to keep maybe the black X-wing a secret for now. Yeah, for sure. They, we'll I mean, they easily could have just like changed the skin on the model just for the trailer if it's three D. Um, <laughs> maybe, but yeah, you know, think, if it's a yeah, digital model for that shot. Yeah, you're probably right. Though, just all in the editing techniques, though, like just cut here, cut there, and not show it. But like I yeah. said, hopefully it'll be we'll see it in all its glory in the next trailer because it's going to look really cool visually just seeing it fly around. Yeah, but now it's making me just want to go back and watch the um, 
the second trailer and like freeze frame that shot when the X-Wings are flying towards the camera. Because that happened so fast. It's like one of them could be black and I wouldn't really notice. Yeah, but, I'm pretty confident saying there wasn't one there. I mean, I yeah, like not that I remember. Time, so. <laughs> um, but, you know, and again, they could have changed something for the trailer. They could have just edited around it. But um, either way, I mean, I'm really excited to see that. Same here. I mean, this is one of those things where, I mean, I think we talked about this a few episodes ago where some of the designs for like the ships and stuff hasn't changed that much from we last seen them in Return of the Jedi. But little stuff like that is enough for me where it still has that classic look, but if you can just do a different paint color job on it, that's enough to satisfy me for keeping it different enough for this new trilogy. Mm-hmm. Especially um, too, if it's like his custom ship where he's going to be the only one who has that and it's not going to be a standard for the rest of the resistant fighters it's like when you see that black x-wing coming you know it's poe dameron and i'm sure he'll have a reputation i mean he even said it oscar isaac and all those interviews saying how he's the best star pilot in the galaxy so he'll probably have that reputation and then when any like enemies or anyone sees that black x-wing they know they're in trouble because poe dameron's there yeah definitely and yeah i think that is gonna be just his um, or if anything, if there are going to be more of those black ones, it'll probably be maybe like just a, a single like special forces squad or stealth yeah. group or something like that. Because um, in some of the other shots that we saw leaked from that same like aerial base or whatever, um, there were yeah some of like the standard white ones and some with some blue or red paint jobs on them. But the the black and orange definitely stands out as like this is a unique looking ship. Um, and then we've got a picture of J.J. Abrams talking to Daisy Ridley on set. Um, you know, again, I'm pretty sure we've seen this somewhere before. I think um, this might would have been those images they showed at Celebration at that panel. Oh, when they had okay. all those images going up on screen. Okay. Um, and then the last image is Harris, or you know Han and Chewie in the cockpit. So it's just like that last shot from the uh, the most recent trailer. Um, but man, I mean, there was so much good stuff in here. Um, yeah, I can't tell you how much I was looking at all these images that day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Talk about being distracted for work, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Because I think, yeah, I saw this in the morning, like when I woke up before I went to work, and then I was like, man, I'm supposed to focus on work now? Not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, if I just got that Captain Phasma image alone, that's all I put out, that's enough to distract me. <laughs> but we got a bunch of more cool images. So. Yeah. <laughs> Not the most productive day, I will say. Yeah, I mean, man, all this stuff is just looking so good. I'm, you know, just going back and scrolling through these again. And I I really do think, you know, somebody might end up winning an award for costume design or production design or something like that on this movie. Because, I mean, it it is pretty cool to look at all these images and think like, man, that is all built. It's not like CGI and stuff. Um, yeah, I hope someone does and Star Wars gets recognized for that because I felt the prequel, especially episode one, Trisha Barr, the costume designer, she got robbed for that for all the great designs she had just for Queen Amidala herself. But then like when you talk about Darth Maul, the Jedi stuff and other different costumes you saw in there, I mean, I think that definitely should have been recognized. So hopefully with this one, Star Wars will get its due again for best costume designs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I kind of get the feeling that I, I don't think it's going to like sweep all the awards and stuff, but it's like oh, if yeah. any Star Wars movie had a chance of doing that, it would be this one. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, there was another interview that just came out like in the past couple days with uh, Drew Struzan, who does all the Star Wars posters. 
and he said he's seen some of the movie. I think I think he said like he's read the script and he's seen like half of the movie or something yeah. at this point. And he said um, I should try to go find the quote because um, I forget exactly what he said. But basically, he said like this is going to blow fans away, and there's a good chance this is going to be the best Star Wars movie of them all. Um, (laughs) Which, again, part of me is trying to, like, keep my expectations in check and, uh, you know, not totally buy into that. Um, I mean, it's it's funny. though, man. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, at the beginning, I said, like, I was like, oh, man, do we even really need an episode seven? Like, I hope this is going to be good, but I'm not going to, like buy into all the hype and get too excited for it until I've actually like seen the movie. Um, obviously by this point, I think I've seen enough to get me excited about it for sure. I'm still not going to go like tooting my horn and saying like, this is going to be the best movie of all time and it's going to break all the box office records and all this stuff. I'm, I'm still like, well, it has the potential to do that because it definitely has the hype, but it still has to be good. And we won't know that for sure until we've seen the movie. But I am definitely, you know, on board with just all the excitement for it and stuff. But still, like, as far as calling it the best Star Wars movie yet, I mean, we heard Anthony Daniels say that a while ago. Um, and to hear it from just one person involved in the project, it was like, okay, well, he could be right or that could just be his opinion. Um, but then to hear Drew Struzan say it too, it's like, oh, well, okay, now we know, you know, Anthony Daniels isn't crazy, or at least if he is crazy, he isn't the only one who's crazy, so <laughs> there might be something to this. Yeah, it gets your attention more when you're from someone like Drew Struzan, too, but, yeah, when you start hearing that stuff, that's what makes it hard not to get yourself overhyped for it, because we're just getting hyped just talking about these images we've seen, how yeah. awesome they look, but then when you hear people say stuff like that, it's going to be the greatest Star Wars movie ever. It's kind of hard to keep those expectations in check. I just, I kind of have a feeling when I see that movie, it's going to be one of those things where when you see it for the first time, you're just going to be in shock that you just saw a new Star Wars movie and you're not going to be able to process it, like exactly all like your true feelings on it and what you think. I mean, you'll probably get a general impression, but it's just going to be like in a state of shock after you see it. Man, I just saw a new Star Wars movie. And hopefully it's like a good feeling that you have, but you probably have to see it again just to kind of really get a feel for where it probably is going to rank or how you view it as far as the other six star wars movies so i mean if it pretty much grabs you on the first screening where like blows you away that it's so awesome and still in shock that you got to see a new star wars movie i mean that's just going to be even better but i just have a feeling i'm just going to be like in a weird state of mind after you see it for the first time oh yeah well i mean i don't even know about a weird state of mind but i always kind of check myself on stuff like that. Um, I mean, I know that coming out of that theater, I'm going to be hyped. I'm going to love it. I'm going to be all excited, but you know, I'm not going to like immediately declare that's my new favorite movie of all time. I'm going to be like, (laughs) okay, I got to like talk about this with people, hear what people's different opinions on it are, see it like two or three or 18 more times and, (laughs) you know, analyze it for myself and everything. So, um, but man, yeah, I mean, the, the hype train is rolling along for sure. Yeah, um, we've got four more months to go to find out. Just four more months. <laughs> yeah, less than four months. I mean, December 18th, as of us recording this today, it's August 20th. So That's true, yep. Um, oh, oh, man. <laughs> it's like time go faster. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, we've talked about all those images, but, uh, you know, again, so many articles coming out of here and we won't like cover every little detail from every one of these articles. Cause there's probably like half a dozen of them or so. Um, but I think one of the most interesting things 
um, there was one article where they're talking about the whole background of Kylo Ren. I mean, obviously they don't give away the whole background of it, but J.J. Um, Abrams kind of teases a little bit of it um, and says that, uh, let's see, I'm just kind of skimming through the article here, finding some of the stuff that J.J. Uh, Abrams does say about it. He says, the movie explains the origins of the mask and where it's from, but the design was meant to be a nod to the Vader mask. Um, he's well aware of what's come before and that's very much a part of the story of the film. Um, and then he does say, he said the lightsaber is something that he built himself and it's as dangerous and fierce and as ragged as the character. So that's pretty interesting. Um, cause obviously that lightsaber does look kind of, um, I guess cobbled together, almost kind of junky. And I think the, the biggest fan speculation was either that he built it himself or that it was some kind of ancient relic or something. Um, yeah, I'm going to be honest that I actually preferred the idea of it being like an ancient Sith lightsaber or relic or something like that. I like that idea better knowing that, I mean, JJ Abrams saying here in, in the entertainment weekly article, how he is going to be kind of like a, a Darth Vader obsessive where he just obsessed with him. And I would, before we got all this thinking like, Oh, maybe he's just not just Darth Vader obsessed, but the whole Sith culture and all that. So I did like that better, but kind of when I got a hint of maybe that's not going to be the case is when we saw his lightsaber hilt up close at celebration that did look more like something that was cobbled together. So it's not a huge surprise that that's what it is actually going to be. But just, I mean, it's not going to be a big deal in the end. But I just always like the idea of him collecting like Sith artifacts. And that was one from like way, way back of like ancient Sith lightsabers. So, mm-hmm. but again, like I said, it probably won't be a big deal when it's all said and done. Yeah. And I guess I don't mind that that's not the case with the lightsaber so much because I'm still hoping that's the case with the mask. Um, See, I, from what JJ said here, I'm thinking that mask is Vader inspired, where it's not going to be like any ancient Sith like uh, homage or anything like that. Just a Darth Vader homage and trying to make it while his own, but still paying respect to Darth Vader. Well, see, I kind of got a little bit of a different feel here because I mean, at least from the way I read this, he says the movie explains the origins of the mask and where it's from, but the design was meant to be a nod to the Vader mask. So I think he just means like in sort of a, a real world sense, like when they were designing the mask, they wanted to make it a little bit reminiscent of Darth Vader's. But then I think from an in-universe standpoint, there's going to be some kind of explanation as to where, and especially when he says uh, where it's from, that sort of, to me, um, insinuates that like it's from somewhere else and that Kylo Ren didn't just like mold it himself. See, I'm thinking too, I mean, that'd be cool if it was that, but maybe where it's from is like part of, Darth Vader's like messed up helmet and mask that we saw, or even other parts of Darth Vader's armor where he just kind of fashioned and made it into his own type of thing, but it's actually part of Darth Vader's original costume. Huh, that would be interesting. A little creepy, but interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's, Kylo Ren's going to seem like a pretty creepy guy, especially <laughs> about how obsessive he's going to be with Darth Vader, which Again, I said this before, I just love that aspect about him. The fact that he's, I've heard people online say this, that he's like a Darth Vader fanboy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of be like a, in the Star Wars universe, a fanboy of something, kind of maybe how we are with Star Wars. But <laughs> for him, it's going to be with Darth Vader. And just the fact that Vader is still going to have a big presence in this movie is just awesome. So I just love that aspect about Kylo Ren's background. Yeah. Um, now, the other thing that was really cool and sort of the, uh, you know, another noteworthy uh, piece of info here in the article is that it says Kylo Ren isn't the character's real name. Um, And then JJ says he's a character who came to the name Kylo Ren when he joined a group called the Knights of Ren. Um, And then, you know, that's as far as the writer director will go. What are the Knights of Ren? You're going to have to wait till December 18th to find out. 
and let the um, speculation begin for all of us. <laughs> yeah, and man, I've heard all kinds of wild theories about this. Um, you know, I mean, one thing that I've kind of heard the most is that it could have some similarity to Darth Revan because we've already heard that speculation about the mask, that maybe it's Revan's mask and that, you know, maybe they change Revan's name to Ren or that the there's some connection there between the Knights of Ren and the the followers of Revan or something like that. Like maybe um, the whole Moraban, Corban thing going on. Yeah, again. I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I mean, at this point, we really don't have enough to go on to kind of try to piece that that connection together. I mean, it would be kind of cool, but at the same time, I'm like, if you're going to use Darth Revan, why would you just take, like, two letters out and not just use the real thing? Although, to call him, like, Kylo Revan, that would be weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'm kind of hoping that, even though I still think it would be cool if it was Revan's mask... I don't necessarily think that the Knights of Ren are going to be this whole cult like devoted to Darth Revan. I don't think that's going to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of hoping it's not the case because, and I don't think it will be because I think that would be a little too much fan service there. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm really interested to see what that name has to do with anything. Um, sort of the, the bigger thing that I took out of it was, you know, we've heard a lot of people speculate that uh, Kylo Ren might also be um, Han and Leia's son, that he and Rey could be siblings. And because we heard a lot of, like, rumors and stuff throughout the production that the main female character's name was Kira, and then we found out it was Rey, then, you know, people are like, oh, well, what if Kira's her real name or if it's her first name or something? And then it's like, there's Kira Rey and Kylo Ren, and, like, the letters match up, and it's like, okay, well... I still think that could possibly happen, that they could still be siblings, but that connection is kind of gone now because, you know, we, now we know that, uh, you know, Leia didn't have two kids and say, okay, we're going to name them Kylo Ren and Kira Ray because um, I don't know if Kylo is still his, his actual first name, but we know Ren is not a, a part of his birth name. Yeah, I kind of thought the same thing with that early speculation I had with those two, but yeah. This is probably my favorite part of all the Entertainment Weekly articles they posted in, in the magazine. And after the images, this is the thing that stuck out to me the most. I mean, this got me really excited. I mean, just the mystery surrounding it. And one of the big reasons is that if you go back and listen to our very first episode, you'll hear me say that one of the things I'm hoping for in episode seven in the new trilogy is just a new type of threat or a new faction that's different from the Sith and the Empire. And it looks like we weren't going to get that when we saw, even though it's called the First Order, we know that they are remnants of the Empire. Then when we see Kylo Ren, we kind of assumed he maybe he was a Sith or a Sith follower of their tradition, but not really sure. So the fact that the Knights of Ren is just this whole new faction and organization thrown into mix, I'm just super excited about that. I just love it. I mean, I'm hoping that they are different from the Sith, where they're just another group that you can add to the mix of Jedi, Sith, and now the Knights of Ren. But because just because you use the dark side doesn't necessarily mean you're a Sith. I mean, we saw in the Clone Wars the different aspects of groups or like religions and stuff that use the Force, as we saw in the Jar Jar Mace Windu two-part, or blanking on the name of that species or that group, but they were Force users, but yet they were different from the Jedi and had disagreements oh, yeah. with the Jedi. So the fact that we got another group like this called the Knights of Ren, and just judging by Kylo Ren, looks like they're going to be more towards the dark side, and it just raises the question, how many are in this group of the Knights of Ren? Is Kylo Ren the only one? 
or is he just kind of splintered off from them and then he's going to do something for the First Order? Because it also mentioned here that he's not really part of the First Order, but he is working with them for this movie. And then another thing I thought of, where does Supreme Leader Snoke fit into all this? Because we haven't seen any images of him we know. And even in that shot we were talking about in that Korean TV spot, we didn't see like any alien species or anyone that looked like Andy Serkis there. So is Supreme Leader Snoke not going to be the leader of the First Order, but in fact Supreme Leader of the Knights of Ren? So there's more crazy stuff to think about with how this group is going to affect the galaxy now. But I, like I said, I'm just super excited that we got a new faction thrown into the mix of it and just can't wait to find out more of it. It's going to be super, super cool. Yeah, for sure. Now, I, I am sort of you know, anxious to see like what the, the similarities are between the Knights of Ren and the Sith, because if they're going to be just more, you know, dark side using red lightsaber wielding bad guys, then it's like, okay, it's cool. You gave them a new name, but they're basically the Sith all over again. Um, but you know, so I'm, I'm very interested to see like the, the origins of that group, because I don't think they're going to be just generic, like Sith knockoffs. Um, now, if you remember, like one of the earliest rumors we heard about potential villains for this movie was, um, sort of like the the Sith Inquisitors and stuff that Vader uses, you know, like we see in Star Wars Rebels. Um, guys like that who sort of banded together after Vader and the Emperor died and decided to sort of try to carry on the Sith tradition, but it wasn't necessarily like, we're going to become Sith Lords. It was more like, we're going to sort of keep doing Vader and the Emperor's good work and, you know, almost sort of lifting them up like saints almost. Um and sort of the the idea that they're still sort of subservient to the Sith, even though the Sith are gone now. So it could be something like that. Um, or, you know, it, it could be something completely different. But now, like you said, this just threw a whole nother curveball in there. And again, this is something that I think is really cool that even with all the, the leaked concept art and the leaked images and all the rumors and, you know, leaked plot details and stuff that are coming out on different sites... Until this interview, nobody had ever heard anything about the Knights of Ren. Not to my knowledge. Like, this was the first time I'd ever heard about it. And suddenly everybody's like, oh, cool, who are those guys? Um, And so, I mean, that's just one more thing that I can't wait to find out. Yeah, another thing I was thinking, too, about a possibility of them where we've heard a lot about this movie. And even in the interview where Lawrence Kasdan and J.J. Abrams kind of describe Kylo Ren as a character, how he doesn't necessarily view himself as bad. Like, that's kind of something where no villains do. They think they're in the right, but they call him really complex, where he's not just your typical mustache twirling villain. So maybe that's kind of a reflection of the Knights of Ren, where they're in the gray area. We heard that too about maybe being a possible theme for this new trilogy, where it's not just black and white, good and evil. It's going to be that gray area. And maybe the Knights of Ren fall into that, where they're not necessarily full on dark side, but they use enough of it to do whatever they have to do, but yet they're still part of the light. And then you think about the line used in the first teaser, there's been an awakening, the dark side and the light. So all that stuff is just playing into the speculation I'm going on. So like how you were saying how we're, hopefully they're not just the knockoff of the Sith and they just have a different name. But now the more I think about it, they could be more like that gray area group who uses both the light side and the dark side and maybe have a good control and balance of the two. And Again, I'm just thinking this as I talk about it, where we know Darth or Kylo Ren is going to be obsessed with Darth Vader. Darth Vader was the chosen one, the chosen one to bring balance to the light and the dark side. So maybe that's another reason why Kylo Ren is obsessed with them is maybe they're taught to keep balance between the light and the dark side and that stuff. So I don't know, all this crazy stuff you could just go on for hours about. But like I said before, yeah. it's really exciting, man. 
Yeah, definitely. Like I said, this just like threw more gasoline on the fire of rampant speculation and all this. Um, and then, and we'll get back to some of the articles and stuff in a second, but shortly after this article came out, um, we got some leaked concept art from Indie Revolver, um, and it was like, oh, yeah, J.J. Abrams just mentioned something about the Knights of Ren. Here's some concept art of the Knights of Ren. And, I mean, it, it's kind of up in the air as to whether these images are all of, like, other characters that we're going to see in the movie or if some of them are just, like, rejected concept, uh, rejected concepts of Kylo Ren. Um, but either way, I mean, some of these designs look so cool, especially the, the first one here um, of a character that, basically looks like a medieval knight wielding a lightsaber. I mean, he's got a, a helmet and a mask, kind of similar to Kylo Ren, but it's just like, I mean, it's like metal fully encasing the head, kind of with a, a slit across the eyes with like some red markings around it. And then um, either like a point or a, a kind of flare out in the back, kind of like Vader has. It's hard to tell if it like circles all the way around the back or if it's just going to a point in the back. Um but I mean, there's there's like a close up image of just kind of from the the arms up, I guess, and it gives a good view of the mask, and then a wider view where you see him with the lightsaber, and I'm like, that is a really cool looking design. Yeah, all these look awesome. <laughs> like you said, who knows if they're ejected Kylo Ren arts or they are the Knights of Ren? I'm kind of hoping they are for the Knights of Ren because yeah, they just look really cool. I mean, just to see kind of a group of these together, and there have been rumors about like a flashback sequence that takes place uh, i believe like that has to deal with luke too i mean don't want to go into full spoilers because again i'm not too sure how accurate that's going to be and maybe it is something we'll see but i remember hearing reports about that where they could faction to a flashback sequence but yeah just visually i love the medieval knight looks that you were talking about i mean seeing like knights from like the middle ages and all that stuff th those designs are so cool i've always been a fan of that look and there's another one too that kind of caught my eye where there was like a shot with three different characters in there. And one of them in the middle, he has like two blue lightsabers. And it kind of reminded me more of a design, like you would see maybe like a Templar Knight from the Crusades and all that, kind of different from the one other image that we saw above. So yeah, they just kind of keep this whole medieval knight looking feel for the Knights of Ren. If we do in fact get to see them in the movie, I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. I was just thinking, I mean, we've heard all these rumors about, um, Benicio del Toro and how he I think even he's been saying in interviews that like he thinks he's gonna get the lead villain role for Star Wars episode eight um and we've been wondering like oh well if there's still you know Kylo Ren or Supreme Leader Snoke or whatever like who's gonna come in and be the new main villain um and I'm thinking maybe it'll be the leader of the Knights of Ren yeah maybe it could be somewhere like Kylo Ren gets defeated by the end of episode seven he has to retreat back to the group of the Knights of Ren and maybe Benicio del Toro will be someone or I still, I don't know. That's what I go back to my thinking of what if Supreme leader Snoke is just leader of the Knights of Ren or maybe Benicio del Toro is a high ranking member of that group. I don't know. Again, we could speculate on it for so much if we wanted to, but yeah, just visually from these concept art images, I'm hoping we see something like this in the movie or eventual movies down the line. And hopefully they're not just, uh, passed on Kylo Ren images or designs. And even if they are, you know how Star Wars, they never throw away any concept art or designs that so we could see exactly. some of the stuff show up later on. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, really cool stuff to think about there. I mean, we also got um, in some of these articles, 
some cool stories that J.J. Abrams was telling about, uh, you know, what drew him back to Star Wars in the first place. Because as we all know, um, you know, he was one of the first people that they asked to direct the new movie. And at first he turned it down. Um, and then Kathleen Kennedy came back to him. And in this article, he says, uh, he said, in the context of talking about um, story and the laying out of what we were thinking, I said to him, uh, who is Luke Skywalker? And uh, J.J. just said, oh, man, I got chills. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it was like just that quick. Um, probably not really that quick, but suddenly, you know, that was like the one thing that she got him thinking about um, that he really sort of gets a chance as a fan of the original trilogy to really sort of redefine the legacy of, of Luke Skywalker and of those other original trilogy characters. Um, but I think especially of Luke, because that's something we all want to know. Like, mm-hmm. even though we watched him sort of become, go from like the farm boy to the savior of the galaxy or whatever. I mean, that sort of completed his own personal journey, but then we want to see what it, like, where did he go from there? Um, and you know, how to sort of, how does the rest of the galaxy see this, one resurgent mythical Jedi who's come back after, you know, all the Jedi were supposedly wiped out. And, uh, you know, does he go on to build a new Jedi order? Does he go into hiding? Does he become a villain? Like what happens there? So I think that's, uh, that's going to be really cool to see as well. Yeah. That was another thing that got me really excited in this article. I mean, the fact that Luke Skywalker was the reason that JJ Abrams (laughs) wanted to do this movie just, brings home the point to me that Luke is going to be a main focus of this trilogy still, not necessarily for episode seven, where there's some reports how we know he might not be in the movie as much as we'd like, but just going down further, like his story is going to be a focal point of this trilogy, hopefully, but moving forward with at least seven, eight, I think. So it's just cool to hear that, that Luke Skywalker and this, whatever happened to him, and it's going to be a focal point going forward. And something else that I like, in that article is where Lawrence Kasdan started talking about him coming back for it and writing these characters again. And one thing he said was that as I was trying to figure out how I solve things differently. And one of the surprises is that you don't learn all that much. You haven't become much wiser than you are and things are not clearer to you. And the world is just as confusing as it always was. And that's kind of a lovely thing to get to write about again. Age did not necessarily bring wisdom. It just brings experience. So just Going back to what we may be seeing with Han, Luke, and Leia, not maybe Luke being the all-wise, all-powerful Jedi now, that might not necessarily be the case, or like Han and Leia just like being happily married and all that, and just things working out where because they got older, they know they become wiser and uh, are smarter now. But it looks like how Kazan's going about it, that's not necessarily the case. We're still going to see them kind of make mistakes or still develop as characters and just kind of deal with the problems that are going on in the galaxy right now where it's just not going to necessarily be an easy thing because, oh, we fought in the Galactic Civil War and we know what to do and all that stuff. There's still going to be like a lot of conflict and even growing as characters. We'll see how much we get to see in the movie, but it looks like that's going to be the approach that Kazan was going about writing the original trilogy characters again. So I thought found that pretty interesting. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it was cool through all these articles to just get insight into their process of creating the movie. I mean, that again, that's probably what you get the most out of these articles. Um, aside from the, the real juicy little tidbits of stuff that they throw in here and there about, you know, the Knights of Ren and uh, all this other kind of stuff. But um, a lot of it is just about the sort of the, the thought process and then the production process of actually making the movie. Um there's another article where, you know, he talks where JJ Abrams talks about um the origin of some of the character names. And I think some of these we had heard before. 
um, with uh, like Poe Dameron um, and uh, I think Dameron is like the last name of his assistant. And then I guess he got the name Poe uh, from like a stuffed animal that his daughter had or something like that. Yeah, like a stuffed um, polar bear, I think is what it was. Yeah, and then BB-8, really, he said it was really just the look of the character that inspired that name um, because it looks shaped like a B or an 8. Um, and then, but I mean, the interesting thing here is with uh, Finn and Ray. Um, he says, I will only say about that, that it is completely intentional that their last names aren't public record, um, which is interesting because, I mean, again, I would bet money on Ray being Han and Leia's daughter, but I'm not so sure about Finn. Like, yeah, like, who is he related to? Um, no, you know what? Let's get into comic book spoilers here for a second because tim i'm gonna ask you some stuff because have you been keeping up with like all the latest issues of the the star wars comics and stuff i'm a i'm a little bit behind like one issues behind on most of the titles that just came out this month but okay um so i mean if you're reading comics and don't want to get spoiled on this you might want to skip ahead a little bit or something but um tim i was just gonna ask you because i had read um in just one article recently, and it wasn't on Entertainment Weekly, but it was like an article talking about the Entertainment Weekly stuff and just kind of speculating on all that. Um, and they were thinking about like, oh, well, who might Finn be related to? And then they brought up the point that in the comics, they just recently revealed that like Han had a wife at some point before, or I guess during the original trilogy, because those comics are set like in between episodes four and five, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, his wife is like dark skinned. And so they were thinking, Oh, well, what if Finn is like his son from a previous marriage or something? Um, but I hadn't really followed through on that storyline from the comics because there's just at the end of one issue, it was like issue number six, I think, um, you know, this woman shows up and Han goes like, Oh yeah, about that. Like, she's my wife. And everybody was freaking out about it. And I was like, guys, just wait till the next episode comes out and you find out that she's not actually his wife. She's like, just trying to con him or something like that. Um, but then I never, I, I never f- found out what happened there. So do you know like where the story goes from there? So that issue actually just came out this week and I haven't gotten it yet because last month issue number seven was an Obi-Wan standalone comic. Which oh, is pretty cool. right. Okay. So this one just came out. I haven't had a chance to read it and see if they kind of resolved that situation. <laughs> like you said, but yeah, that'd be interesting, but Oh, I, I find that highly unlikely. I just think this whole thing was just a thing to get fans shocked for a month and then we'll get it resolved like in this issue that's out. I haven't read spoilers yeah. on it to see if that's the case, but and yeah, even I'm if it, it's not going to amount to much. Even if it does turn out to be something that they do keep in the canon, like even if she actually is his wife, I have a really hard time believing that they would bring in a, a storyline like that from the comics and make it have such a big impact on the movies. Um, yeah, exactly. Because if it turns out that we find out that Finn is Han's son, then, you know, 90% of the general audience is just going to be really confused. Um, you know, so – and also jumping ahead a little bit here, we, we recently got an image of uh, Finn wielding Luke's lightsaber. Um, and so – even though I still think there, there's, you know, potential for, for Ray to be a Jedi too. I don't think Finn is like definitively going to be like the central Jedi character of this new trilogy, but yeah. that does seem to 
um, point to, uh, you know, at least some force sensitivity there, because if it was just like Han taking the lightsaber and slicing open the, the belly of the Tauntaun in Empire Strikes Back, you didn't see that on the poster for the movie. You know, that would just kind of be like false advertising. People would have gone into the movie thinking, oh my gosh, Han Solo's a Jedi too. And then he uses it for like two seconds. Um, so I, I do think that's gonna, you know, at least be some aspect of his character there. And, yeah, unless Han was well, I guess you you don't have to get the Force passed down through lineage. Um, no, you can just be Force sensitive. But yeah, but I guess for I mean we're we're sort of expecting that with Ray because of Leia, but then with Finn, I mean I don't know that would be weird. I guess the Force works in mysterious ways, but you know, so it, it could be possible. But that ugh, I just have a hard time seeing them doing that. It could be this too. JJ could just be tricking all of us where he, he purposely did it for well Ray and Finn where Ray is the one who really wants to keep it secret but he'd keep Finn in there to throw us off the track that maybe Kylo Ren is the one who's actually going to be the other sibling or related to one of the original trilogy characters but because he has his full name already and Finn's being kept a mystery Finn is like the red herring in there just to kind of throw people off the speculation game yeah that could <laughs> I can see JJ doing that possible. I mean he could also be Finn Calrissian but I think that would just seem a little too convenient for like, you know, all these characters coming together and then, you know, none of them know each other's backstories. And it's like, oh, yeah. you're Han and Leia's daughter. Oh, your dad is my best, you know, my dad's yeah, best exactly. friend. And they blew up the second Death Star together. And what? Yeah, I always hear, too, that other popular choices of uh, a relative or of Zev Leonis from the like, Rebels. Where oh yeah, that's you got true. The Stormtrooper Imperial connection there. I th- I think that actually would be pretty cool. It would be cool because it's something that really the diehard Star Wars fans will get, not necessarily the general public who only sees the movies and not the TV shows, but it'd be a little something extra for us. And again, going back to what we talked about with Simon Kim- Simon Kinbrook and some of those interviews about stuff we may see in Rebels and that we'll see if it's that big. But oh, that's still a possibility. Yeah. Where out of any connection. That could be the one that's most plausible. Yeah, I and I, I could. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, I could definitely see that happening because while it is a big connection, it's not something that you're missing out on if you haven't seen Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, you know, like it's it's not really gonna be integral to the story if uh, you know Zara Leonis is like Finn's father or grandfather or something. Um, you know, it would be really cool for those of us who are fans on Star Wars Rebels to be able to pick up on that. But the rest of the, you know, the the rest of the uh, audience watching the movie isn't going to be like, wait, Finn, who? Like, I'm confused. You know, it'll just be like his last name. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm still right now. I'm still thinking he's just the red herring. JJ's best. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of hope that's not the case because. If it's like, oh, it's intentional that Finn's last name isn't being revealed, and then it turns out to be like Smith, I'm going to be like, what the <laughs> heck was that all about? Yeah, because I'm just really hoping for the Kylo Ren and Ray connection of the siblings and being offsprings of Han and Leia. I, mean, I just really like that idea. And then, it, like you said, it'd be too much to have another character thrown in there as like the offspring or relative of someone, too. So. No, it's probably more of my hope than anything that I'm choosing to believe that his <laughs> last name is not going to amount to too much. Yeah. And then I was thinking, like, no, I, d- I don't think it's going to be Skywalker. 
Um, and that'd be <laughs> that's throwing a big loop as far as what I expected for Luke because I'm expecting Luke not to have any offspring now. Yeah, but see, I'm still thinking like they could throw us a curveball in there. I, I do think there will be more than one new character in this movie who's an offspring of a previous character. Um, whether uh, Ray and Kylo are you know both Han and Leia's kids, or whether one is. Leia's and one is Luke's or one is Lando's or you know something like that um but you know at the same time I mean I'm I'm just sort of expecting like there might be some surprises in there other than like just oh it's Jason and Jaina Solo all over again yeah yeah it's crazy what we like all the stuff we can think about as far as what they want to do with these new characters and the relationships they have with the previous character it should be I mean, we'll see if we find out before we actually see the movie, or that's one of the surprises. I think one of the characters will find out before we actually see the movie, and then we'll have to wait for the other one to get revealed as far as actually what their last name is and who they are and like the relationship of some of the other characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're sure not giving away on any of the action figure packaging yet, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> at um, least they were smart enough with that so far. Yeah, they've been careful with that. We'll see how they do on the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and then they've also, there's one article that they, uh, you know, released online as part of this whole thing. And it's, uh, J or Kathleen Kennedy and Lawrence Kasdan talking about the Han Solo anthology film that, uh, was recently announced or, well, I'll call it anthology film for now. We'll get to that in a second, uh, but, um, <laughs> um, but you know, they talk a little bit about this, how they're excited to, you know, tell more of Han's backstory. They say he'll, um, definitely be in his high teens or low twenties and, uh, they're not going to introduce like a 10 year old Han Solo. So, um, I mean, I guess that can take away the fears of anybody who was worried about that, but I don't know anybody who was, because if there was going to be a 10 year old Han Solo, we would have seen him on Clone Wars. (laughs) And Dave Filoni specifically said he did not want to do that. Yeah, we know George Lucas wanted to, though, for Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> yeah. I don't live with uh, the Wookiees on Kashyyyk. But, yeah, I actually, I mean, this is what I was expecting them to do, but I'm still glad to hear it, like, officially confirmed that this is the age range that they're going for, high teens, low 20s, because I think that's what you really need to do as far as getting the right actor to play a young Han Solo and not necessarily have them be, like, overly compared to Harrison Ford's performance if it was, like, five years before a new hope or something like that you need to go way back to kind of let this actor do his own thing put his own stamp on the character during that period of his life but yet still know that it's the young han solo and there won't be like any confusion or it won't take you out just like how ewan mcgregor was the perfect young obi-wan kenobi so glad that they're going as far back as they could with that without necessarily making him a kid so i was happy that to hear kathleen kennedy confirm that yeah, definitely. Um, and they also give like a small update here on uh, the third anthology film that was supposed to be the second one that Josh Trank was directing. And now that one's been pushed back. Um, and she says, it's still one of the stories that we absolutely want to tell. There's a lot of innovative technology in and around what we're doing with that story. So for a lot of reasons, we were comfortable postponing that, but we're definitely still developing it. Um, and she said, we're trying to get to a point where we're never rushing for anything. Um, so that was really interesting for me to read just because, um, you know, from a, a technology standpoint, I'm like, ooh, like it's already Star Wars. You've got ships and blasters and lightsabers and all this cool stuff. Like what else could they be doing that's really, you know, sort of pushing the boundaries of what's available in movies for technology right now? And obviously 
you know, these are, are professional creative people. They can keep coming up with new stuff that we've never seen before. So obviously I'm not going to like rack my brain and be like, Oh, I got it. Of course they're making a movie about this and they can't do the technology yet. Like I'm just excited to find out what it is. Cause I think it's going to be something new that we probably wouldn't uh, expect to see right now. But, um, you know, it's just exciting to think about that. And I mean, I was telling you, Tim, before we recorded, it just sort of reminded me of, um, like with Avatar, when James Cameron wrote that movie back in like the late nineties after he finished Titanic and then basically put it in a drawer for 10 years and was like, okay, I'm going to wait till people develop technology that I can use to make that movie. Because if I made it right now, it just wouldn't, um, you know, be able to sort of live up to my vision for it of this whole rich alien world and all these new environments and stuff. And so, um, I mean, if they're doing something similar to that with star Wars, where, I mean, whatever it's going to be, but if they're going to create some new technology to create like a new planet or new CGI alien species or whatever it's going to be, I'm just like, man, I cannot wait till we finally do get to see that movie, even though it's you know years away and we have no idea what it's even going to be about. Same here. Yeah. That's the thing that stuck out to me when her comments about the other um, anthology film where Josh Trank left the project. I mean, it's cool that they're pushing it back for now. They're not in a rush to do it. But yeah, just the fact that they're developing some new innovative technology for it. I mean, yeah, it just makes you think, oh, what could it be? And what character is it going to surround? I mean, I still think it's going to be the Boba Fett movie. But like, just what type of technology would he need for his uh, standalone movie to be um, to warrant this new technology? So yeah, it's definitely intriguing to find out what it's going to be. But it probably won't be till 2020 or something like that or after episode nine. So we still got a ways to go. Maybe he's going to upgrade his dad's old arsenal on the ship and have, uh, you know, seismic charges 2.0. Oh, man. <laughs> we like that one Simpsons episode where they're in the movie theater and the THX logo comes out and it plays like, you know, the classic sound and someone's head pops off. <laughs> it up. It's going to be like that. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, again, just we have nothing to go on there, but just still – you know, running wild with imagining the ideas is, uh, you know, good to hear. Yeah. Um, they shouldn't be worried about this, getting this one out either, because I mean, we got a lot more movies to go before we get to the third standalone one. So the fact that they're just pushing it back and not too concerned, like, Oh, we got to rush to get a new director and all that stuff. They can easily take their time and not skip a beat. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, not to like harp on anybody too much, but I, I hope they can find a new director who doesn't end up making a as big of a flop as the newest Fantastic Four was. Um, so, yeah, we yeah. don't know who that's going to be. But uh, <laughs> my feelings on Josh Trank leaving the project have changed significantly in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I have to say I'm with it, too. I was always for like I really wanted to see a Josh Trank Star Wars film after I saw Chronicle, but not just for, because I haven't seen Fantastic Four, because I can't judge that as far as his filmmaking skills, but just hearing all the drama and stuff that went on the set there, and just even that, like, tweets he sent out before the movie came out, kind of dissing himself from that, is like, I think whoever came to the final decision, whether he was fired or from Lucasfilm, or they agreed to part ways, it was definitely for the best, because now they can just avoid all the stuff that might have came with it for him doing a Star Wars movie after everything that happened with Fantastic Four. Yeah, and you know, honestly, that's probably the biggest reason why I'm glad that this happened now. Um, I mean, I haven't seen Fantastic Four either, so I can't judge it for myself, but I don't think I've heard a single positive thing about that movie. Um, So it's one of those where I'm like, even though I haven't seen it, I'm, you know, I, I feel pretty comfortable saying, like, it's bad and we don't want a Star Wars movie like that. But, um, I mean, 
again, that doesn't mean Josh Trank can't make a good movie in his life. Um, and he still could possibly make a very good Star Wars movie. But I'm glad that we don't have to deal with the next, like, two or three years of people on the internet going, oh, that no, that next Star Wars anthology film is going to suck because Josh Trank sucks and Fantastic Four sucks and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I just... I'm glad we can avoid all that controversy and drama and stuff, as long as they don't hire, like, Michael Bay to direct it instead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Lucasfilm just avoided a big PR fiasco, like, promoting yeah. that anthology movie he would have done. Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah, the Force works out, like, it works in mysterious ways, but in this one, it worked out for the best for, I think, everybody <laughs> with this decision. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's, that's pretty much all the big stuff, I think, from those articles. Again, if you guys haven't checked them out yet, I highly recommend... Um, either picking up the, the magazine itself or just going on their website and uh, finding, you know, reading through all those articles at Entertainment Weekly. There's yep. one about the whole process of like bringing Harrison Ford back on the movie and kind of just the whole story of like how they drew him back into it and how he really liked the script and was interested in it and everything. And then the door fell on him and broke his leg. And then everybody was like scared and thought he was going to be all mad and grumpy and like, oh, he had this renewed goodwill for star wars and now it's going to be gone because we dropped a door on him but then you know he recovered quickly and he came back and he was still in good spirits and it really helped the movie that they were able to take a break for a month and sort of you know rehearse more scenes and rewrite scenes that weren't working and do whatever they needed to do so um that was really cool as well um and then of course just i mean all those images were just fantastic and everything so uh yeah all that stuff over at entertainment weekly definitely check that out if you haven't yet yeah and i will say too i just picked up the magazine today as a recording it took me a week to find it <laughs> i was looking for it all last week and nobody had it but i finally found it and there's definitely more on the different articles they have online than what's in the actual magazine a lot of it was just kind of a brief interview for some of the stuff we touched on with like kylo ren and jj coming back because of wanting to tell the luke skywalker story so even all the images on on their website aren't in the magazine so yeah it's still cool to have i'm still glad i got it because I've been collecting all those Star Wars like magazine covers since like the special editions onto the prequels, so I had to do it for the sequel trilogy too. So I had to get it anyway. But there's more content on the website than what was actually in the magazine. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I still kind of want to pick that up too, even though all this stuff is online and there's more stuff online. Um, I mean, I didn't pick up the Vanity Fair because. I wouldn't usually pick up Vanity Fair anyways, and then just because it was the Star Wars issue, I'm like, okay, there's some cool images in there, and it's a cool cover, but they didn't really reveal that much. Like, in the article, it was more, like, you know, behind-the-scenes photos and stuff like that. But then with this one, um, I mean, it was just, like, here it is, tons of Star Wars stuff. Yeah, I got to say, though, seeing that image of Kylo Ren and the Stormtroopers on Jakku with the flames, it looks pretty awesome, like, zoomed in and closed up as I'm holding it in my hands right now. That That's, like, the biggest image in the magazine because the other ones are kind of, like, smaller size than what we saw online. But this one of Kylo Ren and the Stormtroopers, it looks pretty awesome just holding it so close to myself, like, my eyes right now. <laughs> it might yeah, be worth it just for that, really. <laughs> it's definitely a good one. Um so continuing on with like the Force Awakens stuff here, we just have a couple other pieces of leaked concept art that we were going to touch on real quick. Um, there's a new piece of concept art of uh, that's described as Maz Kanata, and this is also from um, Indie Revolver. Um, now, it doesn't quite look like any of the previous designs we've seen for Maz, and so 
again, this is a character that like I'm really excited to finally see what she actually looks like, um, you know, in a in a screen image or uh, in an, in the next trailer or something like that. Because, um, like I said, this this particular rendering of the character doesn't really look like any of the previous ones we've seen. It looks like it could be the same species, but it looks kind of older and more wrinkled and uh, definitely doesn't really have like a pirate queen vibe to it. Um, more like an old sage or almost a Jedi even, really, especially if you look at what she's wearing. Um, yeah. Those almost kind of look like Jedi robes. Um, and then there's like a table in front of her with some little trinkets and tools and things and then uh something that you know a little device or something that's holding up what looks like a lightsaber crystal or some kind of blue crystal um although it looks like it might be a little big for a lightsaber crystal but it's definitely i mean it's it's a cool image almost reminds me of something from uh something from like the younglings arc of clone wars where they're going to find their lightsaber crystals but at the same time um maybe a little more like dark and mysterious. I mean, it looks like she's down in some sort of cave or dungeon. I mean, it's really dimly lit, but it looks like there might just be like a brick wall behind her or something. Um, and then it, there, there's like something glowing on the table, like under the lightsaber. And it almost looks like a pile of gold or something. Um, so, you know, it almost has a vibe of like a, a pirate, like treasure hoard or something. And then there's like this one gem in the middle of it that kind of shines brighter than all the rest with that saber crystal. But, uh, I mean, you know, like I said, really cool image here with a cool sort of tone and uh, feel to it. But uh, at the same time, um, you know, just sort of adding more mystery to, like, what is this character actually going to look like? I love this image. I just love the way it looks and the atmosphere that it has around it, the, the darkness. And you got, like you said, the cold light down there. And you got what looks to be a kyber crystal, a blue one, too, which is awesome. But, uh, yeah, it, was, it just looks awesome, regardless of how this plays out in the actual movie. Because like you said, that does not look like some of the other Maz Kanata concept arts that we've seen. So this one maybe could have been early on when they're still developing the character. Because remember reading too in early reports that there was two of them where there was one like an older man and then the female version of this alien species. So maybe this was some early just designs for it. But I just hope we get a scene something like this where, because we've heard reports too about a scene where she's going to be with like Ray and Finn and with the lightsaber, maybe kind of explaining it to them or to the force. So regardless of how it plays out, I just hope something like the scenery and the set that they're on, and if this is her palace, maybe it's like a secret underground lair where maybe she is a pirate, but she keeps her force sensitivity a secret. And she has this own area where she can go and meditate and she maybe she's constructing a lightsaber. Maybe she's constructed a few lightsabers. <laughs> Who knows? But I just love the atmosphere and the vibe that's going on in this image. It's just really, really cool. Something different for Star Wars, but yet uh, it just gives that fantasy vibe to it that Star Wars has also along with sci-fi. And this plays more to the fantasy realm of it. So I just love how this image looks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then as you were just saying something about like that early rumor about how there was maybe like a male and a female of the species. And I don't really remember hearing that, but I'm like, oh, so... I mean, I've heard some rumors and stuff that, like you said, maybe Maz Kanata is, like, pretending to be a pirate queen, but she's secretly, like, a former Jedi or something and, you know, knows about lightsabers and stuff. But maybe those rumors are just coming out because there's two characters of the same species and some PA or something on set who, you know, was leaking this stuff, um, you know, thought that they were the same character and wasn't able to get that close. And maybe Maz Kanata, like, leads them to this other character mm, that's who's... A good point. 
like an old man of the same species. And maybe this is the character that Max von Sydow is playing because we still (laughs) don't know anything about what he's doing in this movie. So, you know, he's one of those ones that it's like, hey, yeah, remember back to that official casting announcement? Like, we've heard tons of rumors about Daisy Ridley and, uh, you know, John Boyega and Adam Driver and all these guys. But remember that Max guy that was in there, too? Like, he's still in this movie, too. Yeah, I like that theory. Now that you mentioned that makes total sense if they're going to go that way. And if there are still two characters of this alien species, and maybe maybe he didn't do the performance capture for it, but maybe he's just providing the voice for this older character. So, yeah, I like that theory a lot, actually. Yeah, or maybe he is doing the motion capture or something. Yeah, you never know. Um, but, yeah, like I said, but... I just hope we get somehow what's in this concept art translates onto the screen when we see the final movie because I just love the look of it. <laughs> and then I just had an idea, like, what if this is, I mean, if they're, you know, if this is a, a male character and he's motion capture, I'm like, what if this is who Andy Serkis is playing? And he's like some crazy old guy who calls himself Supreme Leader because <laughs> he thinks he's got superpowers or something, but he does have some force sensitivity and can figure out lightsabers and stuff. <laughs> he's not a Supreme Leader of anything, only in his mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, he's been snoking a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> man, talk about speculation going way wrong. If that ends up being the case, <laughs> that would be like another uh, Mandarin from Iron Man Three. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Except I don't think people would be quite as mad about that because it's not like a previously established character that we were expecting to see. Exactly. Yeah, but still, <laughs> probably not after hearing like the supreme leader title in there it's not what you're expecting to be (laughs) yeah yeah but um man i mean see this is what's fun about all this speculation and stuff like anything could happen at this point exactly yeah um but i mean again we we still have no idea who uh you know max von sido was like mia at this point um which, again, like I said earlier, I'm glad that we still have so many surprises at this stage in the game. And that's what I'm looking forward to most. Like, I hope that even after following all these rumors and stuff, that we can go into the theater, watch the movie, and be like, oh, yep, we saw that coming. We heard about that, but it turned out to be a little bit different. And holy crap, nobody told us about that. Like, didn't yeah. see that coming at all. Kind of a nice mix of all those things and make a really good experience for the first viewing, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, so one other, probably the big spoiler, um, maybe the biggest spoiler we've had so far in terms of like leaked images and stuff. I know there's oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, big plot details and stuff out there that have been leaked and we kind of stopped following all of those cause we still want to be surprised when we see the movie. But, um, yeah, they, they leaked a, uh, a picture of Luke in costume, um, and we'll just kind of touch on this real briefly. We're not going to describe it in detail because I'm sure there are some of you out there who are, you know, avoiding this like the plague and don't want to see it. Um, I was slightly disappointed by this. I mean, there, there's part of me that a small part of me that kind of wishes I hadn't seen it because I, you know, wishes I'd wait till I had seen it in a trailer or something like that. Um, but when I saw like first look at Luke Skywalker in the Force Awakens, I just had to click on that. But I was hoping it would be a picture of him like on set or something like that, or maybe even um, you know one of like those screen grabs that we got. Remember, like in one of our last couple episodes, we got some leaked images, um, and it looked like you know screenshots from a new trailer or something where there was um, you know Han or yeah Han and Ray and Finn sitting in the cockpit of the Falcon, and it was like. 
yeah, you know, all, right. all framed up and everything. It's like, that's a frame from the movie. And somebody like took a picture of it off a monitor or something. Um, but this picture with Luke was like him against a white background, obviously for like a studio type photo shoot, like taking publicity photos or like, this is going to be the picture that goes on the card of his action figure or something like that. Um, you know, there's a bunch of like light stands in the background or background or something, but there he is like Luke Skywalker in costume. Um, I don't even know how much I want to describe the, the costume here. Cause if you want to see this image, you've probably seen it already. Or if not, I'm sure you can like Google it or something, even though all the, like most of the main star Wars news sites have had to take it down. Um, and you do see him in Jedi robes. They're not like traditional, you know, the, the same like white and brown tunics and stuff that everybody wears in, uh, in the prequels, but it definitely is Jedi looking. And at the same time, um, I would almost say like a little more maybe ceremonial or mystic or something. Um, but just a, a really cool look. Um, and, and I cannot wait to see this in the movie. So, I mean, while I'm glad, or while I was like slightly disappointed that our, our first look at him was like this at the same time, I guess I'm kind of glad that it didn't really give away too much. It's like, okay, here's how he looks like, but we don't know how this is going to translate to the screen really. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely pleased with the look. It, it looks really great. Yeah, man. Like you said, the first image of Luke, how can I not click on it and find out <laughs> yeah. what, it's, what he's going to look like? This is what we've all been waiting for. But yeah, all I say about it is that it's what I was hoping he'd look like. And at the same time, still being a little surprised too. So I'm really happy with how he looks. I mean, uh, it just looked awesome. I mean, this is Luke Skywalker in a new Star Wars movie. And yeah, I kind of get what you're saying, how it is disappointing that this is the way we get our first look at him. But at the same time, just being diehard fans and such a Luke Skywalker fan too, it was like, yeah, you just can't resist and not look at it. And for me, it lived up to my expectations. And now I just can't wait to see it in the actual movie. And the fact that it had to be taken down just makes me think like so that I don't know if Lucasfilm has any plans to release any promotional images or shots of him in the next trailer or anything. It seems like they want to keep him as the big surprise for the movie when you actually see it. So this might be our only look of Luke before anything else leaks out of him until December 18th. But yeah, I, I'm just super excited to see what, to see that image of him and how he looks in there in the actual movie. And yeah, it was just awesome. And I got to say too, I'm a little surprised that it took this long for our first image of Luke to actually come out. And that star Wars seven news was the one that broke it. And this is like the Holy grail. of I think of spoiler scoops and like leaked images, the Luke Skywalker one is the one I think, most probably people couldn't wait to see, and they're the ones who got it. I'm just surprised it took just four months until the movie to come out so it actually happened because uh, we know other stuff got leaked out, but they were just keeping, I guess, the most security around Luke, but eventually mm-hmm. that even broke out. Just a little surprised it took this long, but still, yeah, we'll see if we get anything else, but I'm not counting on any official pro- promo stuff for Luke going forward. Yeah, I still would love to see, like, a real brief shot of him in the next trailer or something but i know if jj abrams had his way uh you know like not a chance we wouldn't see luke until the movie itself but um i don't know you know we'll we'll see when we get there this was just an awesome surprise to get in the midst of like all the entertainment weekly stuff in the middle of last week like was not expecting a luke image to come out <laughs> yeah yeah again it was one of those things that you see like on your twitter feed or something just like oh new luke image hmm 
Do That's I want to look too. at it or do I want to wait and not spoil myself? What should I do? Oh, look at that. My finger already clicked on it. <laughs> the force made you do it by it, like without even knowing. <laughs> but it's like, too, because we've seen like other like crappy Photoshop images of Luke come out that people claiming or like our first look at Luke in episode seven. You could just tell they're not. And this one, I think. Even before it got taken down, I thought it looked legit. Yeah, this is how it's going to be in the movie. But there were still some people who were a little skeptical. But the fact that it had to be removed, I mean, it just seals the deal that, yeah, that was an official image. Well, not officially released, but an actual image of Luke from The Force Awakens. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing, too, is Mark Hamill has an expression on his face like, I mean, he's looking right at the camera. Like, whoever took this picture got caught red-handed and probably (laughs) got fined like $20,000 or something. Um but Mark Hamill just kind of has this expression on his face like, really? You're going to try to take a picture of this? Like, and you think they're not going to catch you? Yeah. <laughs> it was C-3PO on his red arm getting caught red-handed. <laughs> uh, ha, 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 ha. I see what you did there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, that that was uh, – that happened. Um <laughs> Uh, like was, I said, just a nice surprise in the middle of the week to go against everything else. Like it was really the week that just kept gone given. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um now let's see, we're like an hour and forty minutes almost into this thing. We've still got another huge chunk of stuff to cover. So moving along real quick here. Um a couple other smaller things like Lucasfilm announced their their upcoming promotional campaign for The Force Awakens. Um, not really any specifics about products or anything, but they're teaming up with some well-known brands like CoverGirl, Duracell Batteries, um, FCA US, which I had never heard of the name of this company before. And then I was like reading through the press release and it's like, oh, it's like an auto company that is, I guess, owns like Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and Fiat. So, um, I don't know, maybe we'll get some Star Wars cars coming out, um, also, General Mills, HP, Subway, Verizon. So to no one's great surprise, Star Wars marketing and cross-promotion and commercials and stuff will be everywhere in you know a, probably a few short weeks. I, I would think that Force Friday is probably going to be the kickoff for all this kind of stuff as well. Um, maybe not that like all of it is going to launch on Force Friday. Like you go out and buy your, your Kylo Ren action figure and your Star Wars-themed Duracell batteries and your Stormtrooper Fiat car all on the same day. But, um, you know, that'll that'll probably just be, like, the big kickoff of all this promotional stuff starting. Yeah, take a guess um, where I'm going to be going out for lunch in the fall most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Subway sandwiches are going to be on the menu. <laughs> yeah, I usually go there. There's one, like, right down the street from my work, and I usually end up going there, like, once or twice a week anyway. So yeah. Hopefully we have some good promotions like cups or toys or some stuff to get with your meals <laughs> to make yeah. it worthwhile. Well, they just did something like that with the Avengers. Um, and, you know, it wasn't anything huge, but I, I had Avengers Age of Ultron on a couple of my soda cups, so... Um, they did it for Rebels, too. I think they have, like, they gave away some bags. They weren't that great, though. Oh, yeah, that's true. And again, with most of this food. stuff, I mean, you you don't expect, like, super high quality anyways. Most of it is just for the name brand marketing and to get Subway customers to watch Star Wars and to get uh, Star Wars fans to eat at Subway. But, um, you know, because even though they don't announce it on here, like – can you really imagine a new Star Wars movie coming out without there being toys at McDonald's or Burger King or exactly you know, yeah. Wendy's or wherever? Um, so you know that's probably going to be happening as well. 
Yeah, so I'll be ordering regular like footlong sandwiches and probably whatever kids meal deal they have there also. <laughs> Uh, see, I know the people that work at the the subway by my work because I go there so often. So I'll just get my regular stuff and be like, "Hey, you guys got any extra of that Star Wars stuff back there?" Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm sure they'll hook you up with something. Probably. Um, and then uh, they also announced. Uh, well, here's the sort of the first thing they've already announced with HP, and that they're doing this um, program called Art Awakens. Um, and it's basically a submission contest for uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens fan art. Um, and you can submit your stuff at StarWars.com um, or at least find more details about it. Or I guess the, the website is ArtAwakens.com. Um, you can submit stuff there. And I guess there's going to be like a big gallery exhibit in L.A. Um, in November. And it's going to be like a big Star Wars or I guess Star Wars The Force Awakens themed art exhibit. And it's going to be like you know, professional artists and stuff. And then, um, I guess they pick like the top five fan winners from this fan contest to be able to, um, display their stuff at this, uh, at this show as well. Um, and I think this is really cool. Um, I mean, over the past few years, I've sort of developed a, a big appreciation for fan art. Um, once I realized like how many really talented people were out there. I mean, when I first sort of stumbled across like fan art and stuff, it was like, you know, people drawing pictures of their favorite characters and doing all kinds of weird crossovers, which is like a whole nother discussion. But, um, you know, then you, you start realizing like some of these people are really talented and do some really cool renditions of different characters and stuff. And now one of the things I love doing when I go to Celebration or Phoenix Comic Con or any of these conventions that I've been going to, like I hardly ever can go to one of those things without buying like one or two uh, pieces of artwork to you know hang up on my wall to the point where I've got like hardly any space on my walls left. But um, I mean, I think it's just really cool seeing um, different people's depictions and their artistic skills. And uh, I mean, I always love finding great images of like my favorite characters in different poses and scenes and all that kind of stuff. I'm always looking for like that one that really grabs my attention. Like, Oh, I love that character. I love the look of this artwork. So I just got to grab this one. Um, and so to see a, a whole competition of stuff like this for the Force Awakens, um, believe me, I will be definitely looking for the coolest Kylo Ren piece, uh, you know, in the in the selection. I really hope that even though they're only picking like five of them to take place in this gallery, I hope that just like all of them, or at least maybe you know the the top fifty or something, get displayed like on StarWars.com just for all of us to check out because. You know, I would just like to be able to take a look through them without having to like go to LA and pay a bunch of money to get into some fancy gallery show. Yeah, I would think though they would do that for the winners, which to kind of show off like it's another perk for winning the contest, just having their art displayed on StarWars.com. But yeah, like I said, it's a cool contest for any fans who are artists out there, and I think a lot of them are chomping at the bit probably to do some cool Force Awakens theme artwork. So this is their chance to do that and get some pretty cool recognition if they do win to like, be displayed at these art shows so yeah definitely a cool content that they're doing just again another little thing to help promote the force awakens as if it needs any help but <laughs> there's another yeah. avenue to where you can get some more promotion yeah definitely um and i guess somehow this is a, a collaboration with hp too where um i don't know you can uh or i guess there's something about being judged on your innovative use and uh, use of technology and your creating your artwork you can win an HP notebook computer. Um, so again, just the beginning of all this marketing and cross promotional stuff that's going to be going on. 
Um, and then lastly, before we jump into uh, the big convention that just happened last weekend, um, we'll talk about uh, just some upcoming Star Wars stuff at an upcoming convention. Uh, this just came out today, I believe, that uh, you know they announced the details of the Star Wars Rebels panel at New York Comic Con, um, which is what October eighth. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, as usual, you'll get a, a sneak peek of Star Wars Rebels season two with special guests, and um, I don't think they've announced anybody specifically yet. But you can pretty much assume it's going to be Dave Filoni and probably the whole main cast if they're all available to be there, um, with some sneak peeks and probably some clips of the upcoming season. But then they're also going to be having a screening of, I guess, the first two episodes from season two. Um, kind of season two proper, I guess. So, you know, not the, the Siege of Lothal that we've already seen. Um, but I guess it's going to be two episodes featuring the uh, the clone or the, the clone troopers from Clone Wars that are coming back. So Captain Rex, Captain Gregor, and Commander Wolf. Um, so cool to know that these guys are going to be in at least two episodes and it's not just yeah. going to be a, a one-off story at the beginning of the season. The same thing. Um, but also, like, still no release date of when these episodes are going to be on TV. Although I would think it would be really not very long after, uh, when this panel is. And let's see, it's, um, it doesn't say what day of the week, October 8th is. I'm going to look that up. It's actually a Thursday. Okay. So I would think it would probably have to be, you know, airing on TV either like that Friday or Saturday or the following Monday, depending on when they're going to, you know, what day they're going to schedule it on this year. Um, Because that's usually around the time that, um, you know, that new seasons usually start anyways. In fact, that date kind of rings a bell. I'm like, did season one of Rebels air on October 8th? I I believe it. I don't know if it was the 8th, but it was early October. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, that usually was when seasons of Clone Wars used to start too, so... Um, even though we don't have an official release date yet, I would bet that like within maybe a week or two at the very most, um, after the screening is when we'll be able to start watching these on TV again. Yeah, I agree. It shouldn't be too long after that, which is a little disappointing that it's October. Again, I was kind of hoping maybe it would be September since we're getting more episodes this season, but yeah, it'll be worth the wait, no doubt, especially like if we're going to get two episodes with the clone troopers, as you said, and yeah, just October 8th is going to be another Star Wars date to mark on my calendar just to be excited for because, you know, at, since we're so close to the season two of Rebels, at this panel, they're probably going to reveal and maybe show a lot more clips and info that maybe stuff we haven't expected or seen yet for what we're going to get in Boba season two. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still think they're going to save him for like the end of season two, like season finale stuff. But yeah, we're going to get stuff like that, though, at this panel so i'm excited for that and then just hearing the buzz from the people who will be able to go to that screening of those first two episodes so I'm, I'm sure they're just going to be awesome especially with the clone troopers in it so yeah it's going to be exciting on that day there's another star wars day to be excited about before the force awakens comes out yeah for sure um oh yeah that's true because that's going to be right in the middle of uh you know when all the games and stuff are coming out yeah, see, um, this is great, man. Those next, these next four months is just going to be insanely awesome with all the Star Wars content we're going to be getting. It's just crazy. Yeah, well, especially once Rebels starts airing again. I mean, that'll make the time pass quick because mm. then you've got something new with Star Wars to look forward to every week, and it's not just waiting for December. Yeah. Um, but then also, I mean, yeah, for for the video gamers like us, 
Um, or, you know, for, for the people like me who play Star Wars The Old Republic, there's that new expansion that's coming out in October, the Knights of the Fallen Empire. And then, of course, we got Battlefront in November and then, you know, The Force Awakens in December. So, um, yeah, I guess it's really like just two months before the next big milestone, although really just like two weeks before Force Friday. And that's the real big milestone there. So, because um, once that hits, The Force Awakens is just going to be everywhere. Yep. Well, I can't wait. <laughs> um, so let's uh, jump into the second half of the show here. Um, <laughs> maybe we won't go quite as long as the first half of the show because otherwise we'll be here all night. But, uh, man, so D23 happened just this past weekend and uh, a whole bunch more great Star Wars stuff to talk about coming out of there. Um and of course, again, it was fun, you know, Tim being on Skype with you and our buddy Paul, you know, talking about all these announcements and stuff as they came out um, and just, you know, following along on our Twitter feeds and then somebody shouting out whenever there was a new piece of news announced and, you know, trying to find it first yeah, and everything. Yeah, you'd be like, oh boy, oh boy, like, what, what, like, check this out, like, just say it, <laughs> like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Well, and the one that I specifically remember is, you know, we're talking about what we're expecting to see or what they're going to announce about force awakens and then suddenly i'm like guys holy crap they just announced that colin trevor was directing episode nine um which <laughs> i i was not expecting to be um announced here i think we've talked about this before because it was a rumor going around like around the time of comic-con um yeah. and colin trevor of, of course is the guy who directed jurassic world which is now what the third biggest movie of all time um yep. so you know not surprising that they would want to get him on board with star wars um you know, he's not like my dream pick for a Star Wars director necessarily, but I think he can probably do a great job with it. I did love Jurassic World. Um, didn't quite have like the story depth and everything to it that I would love to see from a Star Wars movie, but it certainly was a heck of a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, working with the other creative people at Lucasfilm on the story and everything, I'm sure he can, uh, you know, bring some something great to uh, the Star Wars universe there. And, of course, it's funny now it's like... Um, you know, with as much money as Jurassic World made, everybody assumed he was going to come back and do a sequel. And he's like, well, I'm involved with the sequel. I think he might be writing it, or if not, he's like co-producing it or something. Um, but he said, uh, you know, he's not directing it because he wants it to be something where, um, you know, you can kind of get a fresh take on it every movie and a new director gets to come in and put their spin on it. Um, but it's funny, that, like, as he was saying that, now we know he was probably just thinking, like, no, I'm not coming back to do the next one because I might get hired to do a Star Wars movie. I know, like, it all makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. Why he's all saying that stuff during Jurassic World's run. But, yeah, I'm happy with the pick, too. I pretty much agree with what you said. When someone would ask, like, who would you really want to direct Episode Nine? Colin Trevorrow wouldn't be the name that pops to mind, even though, like you, I really love Jurassic World. But I was always hoping J.J. would come back to direct Episode Nine, kind of finish off what he started in Episode 7. But even before this got announced, he said in the uh, Entertainment Weekly article that he's definitely not coming back for Episode Nine. So mm -hmm. Episode 7 will be his only Star Wars film, as of right now anyway, and definitely for this trilogy. But um, Colin Trevorrow, I mean... This is a pretty big task. You're closing out the trilogy. I mean, we'll see if it's the final trilogy of the Skywalker saga and all that. But it's going to be, I don't know, a pretty big task to, like, wrap everything all up. And, yeah, at least on a, like, a scale for, like, the skepticals and, like, action sequence and stuff, he's definitely up to the task for that. Because that whole ending sequence with Jurassic World was just awesome. But 
I did love his uh, quote that he said when he got announced. He says that this is not a job or an assignment. It is a seat at a campfire surrounded by an extraordinary group of storytellers, filmmakers, artists, and craftspeople. So, yeah, just the fact that this doesn't really feel like work or a job. It's just like geeking out and being with all these great storytellers and just working on the Star Wars movie. So, yeah, he seems all excited for it. And I guess the only question is who's going to be the writer for it? Because we know... Ryan Johnson's writing and directing episode eight, but it just said for Colin Trevorrow that he's directing it. So mm-hmm. maybe they're still working out the details as far as who's going to be the main writer for it. Yeah. And like you said, I was maybe a little bit disappointed that JJ wasn't coming back as well. Um, and yeah, the, he, he, we forgot to mention that earlier, but he did uh, announce that in the entertainment weekly article. So we knew that even before um, we got the Colin Trevorrow announcement. Um, and of course, again, we haven't seen the force awakens yet, so we can't really say JJ's done a great job with it, but by all accounts and from everything we've seen and heard so far, it sounds like he's, he's done a great job with it. He's really passionate about it. And, um, I mean the, all the cast and crew who've talked about it make it sound like he was a really great director to work with. So, um, I would love to still see him come back and do another star Wars movie at some point, whether it's you know, kicking off a new trilogy in a few more years with episode 10 or doing a a standalone film or something. Um, but even if not, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see like what other new directors can bring to the table. And something that was kind of funny that I, uh, just sort of made the connection with in my mind, I was like, if you think about the three directors that they've got, um, with JJ Abrams, Ryan Johnson and Colin Trevorrow, um, And obviously, I mean, we don't know what the stories for these movies are going to be. We don't know what these guys are going to bring to the table. But if you just sort of base it off of, like, their previous experience, and I just kind of think about, like, uh, J.J.'s Star Trek reboot and then Looper and then Jurassic World, um, I'm like, well, then, you know, if they made their Star Wars movies like that, then all three of those movies would kind of have a similar flow, like, in tone from, like, A New Hope to Empire Strikes Back to Return of the Jedi, Um, because with like JJ Star Trek movies, those are just kind of like fun adventure space sci-fi movies. Um, and then, um, Looper is definitely more like dark and gritty. Um, and then Jurassic World of the three is definitely sort of like the, maybe the least critically well-received, but the most just sort of like fun and out there and action packed. And, you know, you could definitely sort of relate that to like the battle on Endor and the Ewoks and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I don't know. I thought that was just sort of an interesting little connection there. And I'm like, I wonder if that's what they were going for, or if it just kind of ended up happening that way. Yeah. I didn't think about it, but it makes sense now that you explained it, how you did it does kind of fit that uh, formula of what you're talking about. But, um, how crazy is it? I was just thinking about this, like when this got announced that we know, all the directors for the next three Star Wars movies in part of the main saga, episode seven, eight, and nine. I mean, I wasn't expecting to know who's going to do episode eight until like pretty close to when The Force Awakens hits theaters or a little afterwards. But yeah, we know who's doing the whole trilogy now. And that's just crazy, but still awesome, too. <laughs> so, of course, everything can change since till then. Maybe Colin can drop out for whatever reason. But as of right now, the fact that we know all the directors for the episode seven, eight, and nine is just crazy to me. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, obviously, you know, this has got to partially be a money move. You know, some Disney executives were watching the box office for Jurassic World go up and up and up and up and up. And they were like, we need to hire this guy. Um, But at the same time, I mean, I don't think it's going to be just about money. I'm sure Kathleen Kennedy and, uh, you know, all the other people at Lucasfilm sat down and talked to a number of people 
Um, or, I mean, for all we know, maybe Colin Trevor was a huge Star Wars fan and kind of used that as leverage and went to them and said, hey, you see all this money I'm making? Can I oh, uh, make a Star Wars movie with you guys? You know, I don't know. Yeah, because um, you really can't market a Star Wars movie like from the director that brought you this. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Do that. I mean, Star Wars markets itself, not yeah. by who's directing it. Yeah, it's more like, yeah, from the director who brought you this comes lightsabers. <laughs> you saw what he did with dinosaurs. What Can you imagine dinosaurs with lightsabers? <laughs> oh, don't even go there. <laughs> uh, I'm sure a lot of fans are probably worried about that possibility. <laughs> and then Dominus Rex with camouflage, radar, you know, screwiness, and, you know, the intelligence of a velociraptor, and force lightning. <laughs> Or how about some dinosaurs, like a Velociraptor with some uh, Captain Phasma chrome armor? There you go. <laughs> oh. No, let's, let's, we're getting way too off track with that. Because that would be, <laughs> like, I would buy that action figure in a heartbeat. Oh, same here. Yeah. Regardless of how ridiculous <laughs> it would probably look. but <laughs> Yeah, or like stormtroopers riding into battle on Velociraptors in chrome armor. There you go. <laughs> That's what's going to be the Knights of Ren main drawer force of uh, their main choice of transportation. <laughs> yeah, see, somebody should submit that into the fan art contest. <laughs> there you like, go. That's oh, yeah. one of those things that obviously would never happen in a movie, but would look really cool if somebody just, you know, let their imagination run wild and put that down on paper. They could just try to say, I'm trying to pitch some ideas for episode nine. Like, if you like this, feel free to use it. Yeah, taking Ewoks to the next level. <laughs> that'll be the tagline for the movie <laughs> um so anyway we got that announcement to kick off the star wars panel and then um got some new rogue one info which we were kind of hoping for i think i mean we had talked about how we had heard that production might be starting pretty soon and uh we've heard lots of rumors about the cast for you know months and months and the only one we heard officially announced was felicity jones well now we've got most of the main cast here um or I mean, this might be all of the main cast, I guess, but, um, so we've got Felicity Jones, Diego Luna, Ben Mendelssohn, Donnie Yen, uh, Jang Wen, um, not sure if I pronounced that correctly, but, um, yeah, he's another guy in there. And then Forrest Whitaker, uh, Mads Mikkelsen, who I don't think we'd heard any rumors about before, but I know a lot of people are excited about that one now. Also, Alan Tudyk, um, you know, another one that I was like, oh, that was unexpected, but that's really cool. Um, and then Riz Ahmed. Um, so those are the uh, the nine actors that we've got so far announced as the cast of Rogue One. And they announced a, or they released a cast photo to go along with it, um, which isn't – it doesn't have all of those actors in it. Um, I mean, for one thing, you can definitely tell Forrest Whitaker's not in there. I don't think Mads Mikkelsen is in there. Um, but Felicity Jones is, and I think that's Donnie Yen to the right of the picture – Mm-hmm. Um, and then Diego Luna is right behind her. Um, and it is uh, it definitely kind of gives you a feel for what they're going for with Rogue One. I mean, we had heard that it was going to be kind of more of like a gritty war movie. Um, but to see just this group of rebel fighters, and it is definitely not sort of what you'd picture in thinking of rebels from Star Wars. It's definitely yeah. a really cool looking group. And I it, it looks like they're in what is probably the base on Yavin 4. Um, cause you got like some big slanted stone walls here that looks like it could be the inside of a pyramid or something. Um, but all their outfits are, um, you know, sort of dark colors of like brown and blue and, uh, definitely not uniform. It's like these guys kind of showed up wearing the, the most military looking gear they had in their closet that morning. Um, 
with, you know, just ragtag weapons and sort of crates and equipment scattered around. Um, so definitely, you know, this is not like the rebels in their uniform orange jumpsuits about to jump into their X-Wings and go attack the Death Star. This is like the sort of the, you know, nitty gritty uh, boots on the ground, you know, sort of the beginnings of the resistance movement here. So that is, uh, you know, pretty cool to see. Um, and I'm definitely excited to see where they go with it. Yeah, I actually wasn't expecting tons of Rogue One stuff. I mean, it was definitely a pleasant surprise. I mean, this might have been probably my favorite aspect of D23 on the Star Wars front because I thought maybe since the whole uh, Mission Impossible embargoes ended, they'd show the teaser like really sad officially for what we saw at Celebration. But the fact that we officially got the cast announcement and the first photo of it, I was not expecting that, and that blew me away. I I just love mm. the tone that they're going with this movie. As you just described, it's not something we'd expect from when you think about the Rebel Alliance and Star Wars from what we know in the original trilogy. I mean, if you're not someone who's too familiar with Star Wars or not even aware of this movie, if you showed them an image of this and say, what movie is this from? You probably wouldn't even get Star Wars from a lot of people. It just has that own unique feel to it. But again, I think it's going to work perfectly just showing this other side of the rebellion that we haven't seen before. Oh, and yeah. the fact I'm sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, well, I was just going to say, like, even if you showed this to me, like, if I hadn't seen it at, you know, as part of the Star Wars presentation at D23, um, I would never guess that this was a Star Wars movie. I'd probably guess that it was a sci-fi movie um, based on the the fact that if you look closely, you can see kind of what looked like maybe some blasters or, you know, there's like some scanning equipment, mm-hmm. a couple of things in the back that look like pod racer engines or something that's obviously supposed, obviously supposed to just kind of be like, you know, junk or machinery that they've got lying around. Um, or I don't know, maybe they're like building their first X-Wing from scrap or something like that. <laughs> but, um, you, you know, so it doesn't look like, uh, you know, an Iraq war movie or something. It definitely looks like a, a fictional universe, but there really is nothing here that uh, kind of screams out Star Wars. Yeah, totally. I mean, when I was at the panel for Celebration with Gareth Edwards, we just got that feeling that we're going to see something that's really different than what we were used to seeing in a Star Wars movie. And seeing this image, is like I know exactly what he was talking about now because, yeah, this has its own like totally unique and gritty feel to it. And I just love it. And I just can't wait to find out more. And, yeah, the cast announcement, some of these names we heard as rumor before. And I think uh, the Donnie Yen rumor was that was supposed to be for Episode Eight. Oh, it turns yeah. Out he's in Rogue One. And, yeah, his character that we see on there, I mean, could treat to find out more about him. Because if you look closely, it looks like he could be blind. I mean, his eyes are kind of that way. That stick he's having maybe is his walking stick. But you could just picture him or, like, people think that he's blind and maybe he's kind of helpless. But then you just see him kick, like, Stormtrooper's butt or something like that where they mm-hmm. underestimate him. Or maybe he's like, well, no, they said no Jedi or Force or anything like that. But I was saying maybe he could be Force sensitive. But I well, you know, know, I but, was thinking the same thing because how cool would that be if he was like General Coda from the Force Unleashed? Um, oh man, <laughs> or at least that type of character, maybe. Yeah, yeah, like that type of character where he's you know sort of more like the wise old mentor who's blind but maybe is Force sensitive, and you know the the bad guys underestimate him, and then he ends up whooping their butts. Yeah, um, they did drive home the point that, like, this is a group of people that don't have Jedi or the Force yeah. to rely on. They have to rely on whatever equipment they have and their own skills. But I want to ask you this, because I've seen this going online, too, which it's a theory I can kind of see. When you see Diego Luna back there behind Felicity Jones, does he look like any particular Star Wars character to you? Oh, well, you know, it's funny, like, as soon as you said that, and I hadn't considered this at all before, and um, as soon as you started saying that, I'm like, wait, that's old Ezra. 
<laughs> actually, no, that's not where I was going with actually. Well, I think that's um I mean that's probably who he looks the most like, in my opinion. Now I don't think it is Ezra. I think he's too old to be um yeah. you know, Ezra because he, he couldn't be more than like five years older than he is in uh Rebels, and he this guy definitely looks older than like nineteen or twenty. Um aside from that, okay, wait, let me I mean, maybe a little bit like Poe Dameron? No, not where I'm going. Uh, it's someone you, from A New Hope. Yeah, okay, and now I'm thinking maybe Biggs with the there mustache? Okay, Yeah. <laughs> I can maybe see that. Yeah, I saw people speculating about that. I was like, that didn't pop into my head at all when I first saw the image, but when I saw that, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, when I look at him, he can't pull off like a, a a younger version of Biggs, but at the same time, not way too young where it's too separated from a new hope. I mean, it could still pull it off, and it makes sense where Biggs can be part of this like rebel group here that stole the Death Star plan. Maybe this could be his first point. I mean, well, it's kind of hard to say. I don't know if it actually is official word if those deleted scenes from a new hope are canon or not but yeah, i was just about to ask you about that <laughs> if you knew that because um and it's been a while since i've watched those but in those scenes is biggs like already part of the rebel alliance or is he leaving to join them at the beginning of the movie and then luke you know joins up with them again at the end yeah it was like he was about making this he was gonna leave with the imperial academy then they're gonna jump like ship and then like join the rebel alliance so like maybe this is something that happens after that or okay. even if those aren't canon they're gonna do something else with biggs and how we got involved with the rebels i could totally see that and just to have maybe well there are rumors about darth vader maybe appearing in it but to have one main character who could be someone that we're familiar with and has ties to a new hope i think can be cool too so I, when i heard that I was like yeah, that makes sense, and I kind of want to see that now. I think that would be pretty cool to shed some more light on Biggs as a character and maybe get some cool nods or name drops about Luke or like about a friend he had on Tatooine or something like that. Not necessarily calling him Luke or naming him that, but as fans, we'll know what he's talking about if he says something like that. It's like tons of cool possibilities I think you can do if that actually is Biggs and he's a character in this movie. Yeah, and... No, they wouldn't do that. Uh, now I'm going kind of wild with speculation here and thinking, like, what if we actually saw maybe a brief scene in the movie with Biggs and a young Luke? Because um, I was just thinking there was, you know, that rumor a while back that there was, like, a, a younger actor who looked a lot like Mark Hamill, who they had cast, and they were the rumor was that he was going to play Luke in a flashback scene in The Force Awakens. Um, and yeah, I, that's right. I, I mean, I, I doubt that would happen in Rogue One because obviously Luke's not going to have much to do with the story at that point. But it's just if Biggs is going to be a character, um, and I mean, I don't know that I necessarily buy into that theory just because he kind of looks similar. I do think it would be cool, but I mean, obviously, just from this, I'm not going like, oh yeah, that's totally Biggs. Um, but I think it would really help with his character development because I was just watching A New Hope, uh, well, like last. Friday night, maybe I watched it, um, and was thinking about like that deleted scene and the relationship between Luke and Biggs. And I know that sequence was kind of long and would have just sort of like dragged down the beginning of the movie more. But um, at the same time, I kind of wish they had kept that in there because when Biggs dies at the end in uh, you know the the trench run on the Death Star, it's I mean I don't want to say he's just like a, a throwaway character, but 
it doesn't really have that much of an emotional impact. And if you had seen him and Luke together at the beginning of the movie and knew that they were like childhood friends or something, it would have, I think had a, a much bigger emotional impact. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, so I'm like, I, I wonder if, if he is going to be in rogue one, there's kind of an opportunity there to maybe build on his character a little bit more and add maybe even a little bit more of an emotional punch to the end of a new hope. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more I really want it to happen now. So <laughs> hopefully <laughs> those people online who first theorize about that or have some good insight and end up being right in the end. Because <laughs> I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, possibly. Um, well, like I said, the I mean, the rumor that we heard initially was that that guy was going to play Luke in a flashback in Force Awakens. And so I'm I'm the one with the speculation that, oh, maybe it's in Rogue One instead. But yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Nope. Yeah, but. Hey, I wasn't even expecting to get this image to even speculate on that. <laughs> that oh, yeah, I wasn't either. I mean, so like I said, I, I was kind of expecting some info or announcements about Rogue One. Um, maybe, you know, some more actors announced, if not the entire cast. But I wasn't expecting um, a full, like, cast image um, in costume on set. Although I guess that's the benefit of them having started production already and this Mission Impossible embargo thing, whatever it was. Um, which I, I do have to give them credit. I did see Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, and that was a pretty cool movie. Um, but I just wish they'd been able to talk about Star Wars sooner. But I guess, like I said, the, the benefit of this is that um, when they released the first cast image for The Force Awakens, you know, they announced the full cast and they hadn't started shooting yet. It was like the week or the day or whatever before shooting started. Yeah. Um, whereas with this one, like they couldn't announce the full cast until they had already started shooting. And, you know, so they've been working on it for a week or two, they could get people in costume and on set and, uh, you know, release a, a cool image of this. Um, and, you know, which is pretty sweet. I mean, it's probably not quite as iconic as that first shot of episode seven, where you've got, you know, JJ Abrams and like Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford back and everything. Um, but it's, you know, something new and something different to see the whole cast, uh, you know, like I said, in costume and on set like this. Totally. And while all this stuff was awesome, I got to bring out the one negative about it, <laughs> at least for me. Oh, anyway. yeah. It's no longer Rogue One Star Wars anthology. It's a Star Wars story. And that, even though it's almost a week since we got that announcement and the change to a Star Wars story, it still doesn't sound right to me. I just, I think anthology was the perfect title for the standalone movies. And it just would have been a, I mean, you got the saga movies or the episode movies and then anthology movies I thought just fit perfectly and this was really like when I heard that at the celebration, it's like, yeah, that makes total sense. It's like, it's perfect. But uh, I guess someone in the marketing department, whether for Disney or Lucasfilm, decided that it would be better if you call it a, have the Star Wars stick out more in the title of Rogue One, a Star Wars story. But yeah, it just doesn't roll off the tongue for me like a Star Wars anthology does. And it just, I don't know, it doesn't have a nice ring to it. I mean, I've seen, it's kind of mixed. I've seen some people, uh, kind of agree that it is a better choice for it over anthology and then see some that preferred anthology like I do. But yeah, as far as for me, I well, I that's the thing. Sawwords.com still has it listed like their section for these movies as anthologies. And they never actually said that they're doing away with the anthology. It's just that it, they changed Rogue One to a Star Wars story. So I don't know, maybe it'll come back later on. Maybe they're going to see how Rogue One does, but as for that particular movie and just how it sounds, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, it's not a big fan of it. Yeah, I'm, I wasn't really a fan of it either. I definitely agree with you. I think 
you know, Star Wars anthology Rogue One has a really cool ring to it. Um, with these ones, I mean, I wonder if a Star Wars story is even going to be sort of like officially part of the title. I know it's in the logo here, but, um, you know, when it's, and you know, that'll be on like the posters and stuff, but when all the, the official marketing stuff for it comes out, um, is it going to say like Rogue One, a Star Wars story, or is it going to just say like Star Wars Rogue One, or are they just going to call it Rogue One and you're supposed to know from the logo or something that it's a Star Wars story? I don't know. It's, it's a little confusing but i i mean i think just putting the official title as like star wars anthology rogue one i thought that was really cool um i will say then, this i do not want to see the opening crawl say rogue one a star wars story <laughs> hopefully it'll be star wars and then pan up and it'll just say rogue one not oh yeah rogue I, one, a star wars story i think if they do a crawl on the i'm still gonna call them anthology films because you can't say you know when they when they're making the a Star Wars story films like yeah that doesn't sound that right just doesn't come out right um, but yeah when they're working on these movies like if they do an opening crawl um, I think it'll yeah it'll just be the Star Wars logo and then the title um, you know Rogue One or Han Solo or whatever the title is going to be um, now I also think. And, you know, I've probably said this before that with these anthology films, I think there might be a cool opportunity to maybe do something a little bit different. Maybe you don't quite have to have the the opening crawl on all of those. Um, Although, I I mean, I guess I think they probably still will just to sort of set the stage. I think, like, that's what they always do with these Star Wars movies. So, I mean, if they don't do the opening crawl, like, some of the general audience might just go in to watch it and then the movie starts and they have no idea that this is taking place, you know, months before A New Hope or something like that. So, Mm. um, and, you know, I'm absolutely fine with that. If they want to keep making Star Wars movies and keep putting the crawls at the beginning, like, obviously I'm not going to complain about that. But... Um, it's just like, if they're not going to do it, I think Rogue One or the, you know, the the Star Wars story films in general are, um, (laughs) kind of the, the place to maybe experiment with that a little bit. Oh yeah. Just hearing you say that, like, uh, it just seems, it it sounds like maybe not redundant, but like non-descriptive because episode seven is also a Star Wars story. We know it's a Star Wars story. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, this all has to do with how they want to market it because, like, they don't want Star Wars to be like the main focus of the title. They obviously want it to be Rogue One because that's what's huge, and then a Star Wars story is on the bottom. Like, mm-hmm. The part of me just thinks, why don't you just call it Star Wars Rogue One? But then, yeah, but then you're going with the episode movies. They're they're dropping the episodes from the titles, at least on the marketing front, like Star Wars: The Force Awakens. It's not Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. So, if it's just Star Wars Rogue One, then you'll get people confused about where it's taking place. So. Oh, that's true. Yeah, but again, anthology just sounded so much better. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, and again, it's like anthology doesn't have to be part of the official title either. Um, but I, I mean, I just liked that original logo, how it said Rogue One, and then just sort of in the little ring around it, it said Star Wars Anthology. And you know, like, it's part of this anthology of other films that sort of flesh out the universe, and it's not part of the, the main saga. But, um, eh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, like, super upset about it. Um, hey, yeah, this is our only gripe about it. We're in really good shape for how yeah, yeah, excited obviously. we are for this movie. <laughs> um, and, I mean, I said that with The Force Awakens, when we were... Like, before we knew what the title was going to be, um, 
you know, and there was all this speculation about it and, you know, you would hear a rumor that it was going to be, and I, I can't remember at this point what some of the rumored titles were initially because now we've gotten so used to calling it the force awakens, yeah. but, or there was one that was like the ancient fear or something. That's and right. Yeah. Some other titles were, you know, some people liked it, some people didn't. And I was like, honestly, they could call it Star Wars The Phantom Ketchup, and <laughs> I wouldn't really care if the movie itself was good. So, um, you know, we, we can gripe about a Star Wars story for now, but as long as it's a good Star Wars story, I'll still be happy with it. Exactly, yep. Um, and then, um, this isn't really from D23, but uh, just something else that came out recently, and this has to do with Rogue One. There were some uh, new leaked set photos from that movie, um, mostly showing, like, guys, extras in Stormtrooper costumes, and it looks like they're maybe storming a beach or something. Um, and one thing interesting to note here, there's, like, a an Imperial transport or dropship or something that they're coming out of, and it looks like it's probably um, the same... Like the same or similar to maybe the vehicles that they're using in uh, the Force Awakens, um, from like that scene in the tr- in the first trailer where you see the stormtroopers inside that transport or whatever, and just sort of. I mean, from what you can see here in this image, um, it looks pretty similar. And I think people, a lot of people, are assuming so far that this is the same type of vehicle. Now, obviously, it could be just like a similar design of the the exit bay or whatever, and. Um, I mean, I don't think you really even, you can't see the full ship in this picture. Cause even like the, this wide shot that's, you know, you can kind of see everything there. It's probably something where they built like just this one section of it and they're going to add the rest through CGI or whatever later. Yeah. Um, so we really don't know for now, but, um, you know, just kind of cool to see, uh, what's going on here. Again, nothing really too revealing or anything. It's mostly just extras and stormtrooper costumes and then this one vehicle that's open, um, plus, you know, tech and crew guys and ladders and cars and stuff that we know aren't going to be in the movie. It's just so it is just cool for me to see. I mean, we've seen so much of the new Force Awakens stormtroopers, but to see a new Star Wars movie being filmed and you're seeing like the classic stormtrooper helmets and armor, I thought that was pretty cool. Kind of a little uh, nostalgic geek out moment there when I saw these images. And I like the scenery too, how it looks like they're going to be storming a tropical beach, which we kind of got a, a feel for that in the Kashyyyk battle in Revenge of the Sith, but maybe this is going to be one that's maybe more like longer and larger in scale for what they're going to be fighting here. So yeah, I'm excited to see what's going to take place in this battle with the stormtroopers. So that got me excited when I saw this. I mean, this was before the actual cast image got released for that. So this is the, like the first bit of images from Rogue One besides, I mean, those ones we talked about in the last episode that showed what it looked like could be the Masasi Temple. But seeing actual like extras and Stormtrooper armor got me pretty excited seeing that. Classic Stormtrooper armors, too. <laughs> oh, now you just mentioned the Battle of Kashyyyk in Episode 3, and I'm thinking, like, man, how cool would it be if this is actually on Kashyyyk? Oh, man. Hey, yeah, you never know. Yeah, except I'm thinking... I mean, if you look at, like, the... Um, the scenery and stuff around this, it looks like there's a lot of trees and it's like a beach and stuff. But then if you look at the more close up pictures, um, it doesn't look like they're actually on a beach. It's like, you know, uh, constructed, I don't know, concrete or whatever laid out on the ground, but it could just be like a, a base or a platform or something that's like built into the, the sand here. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, uh, you know, cool to see this. And, uh, <laughs> I'm like, I guess we'll just, 
wait and see and we can keep speculating on it but obviously you know we're more focused on the force awakens for now so i know like how we're in this era now it's so cool where we're so excited for the force awakens but yet oh here's some images from another star wars movie that are coming out it's like oh so crazy i mean frequently had to wait about two years before we started seeing like some images come out for the next movie but this one we're getting it before the first movie even comes out it's just crazy and awesome what the time we're living in right now as star wars fans yeah well yeah because with the prequels it was like make one release it then start working on the next one yeah you know, there's a bunch of overlap going on because they're releasing one a year which is still kind of hard to wrap your head around but um man it's definitely going to be exciting it's only going to get better for what's going to happen next <laughs> yeah i'm just wondering if we're going to get the first rogue one teaser like before or after the force awakens oh i think we'll get it during the force awakens they're going to put Probably what we maybe it'll be a little more, but I think at least what we got at celebration they're gonna show during the Force Awakens. Oh, you think even like the length of the celebration trailer? Yeah. Hmm. hmm. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I think that would be cool, but at the same time, like I'm gonna be sitting there getting pumped for the Force Awakens. Like, I don't want them to show me a Rogue One teaser and get me suddenly all excited for that, and spe- because then like the Force <laughs> Awakens will start and I'll be distracted. Like, thinking, oh, sweet, it's starting, but holy crap, that Rogue One teaser we just saw, like, I don't know, maybe I should get myself prepared for it and, like, I should start expecting it. Because if they show one and I'm not expecting it, I'm just going to, like, be a wreck. Yeah, I think you should. I think there's no way that they're not going to do that. I mean, why wouldn't you promote a new Star Wars movie during a Star Wars movie? (laughs) I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm kind of thinking about, like, even with the, the Hobbit trilogy... I know they released the first teaser for the first Hobbit movie like a year before it came out. And then we were expecting with the second one or with the when we actually saw the first one that they might show the teaser for the second one. But they didn't even show it till, I don't know, maybe Comic-Con or something like that. So um, you never know. I mean, it's probably just because like with The Force Awakens, people are so you know, hungry for any little glimpse and any official information that they were like, okay, fine, we'll release like a little teaser. Um, but it was earlier than they were planning to. And so, um, I think with Rogue One, the, I mean, obviously the hype will be built up because, you know, the Force Awakens will get, get everybody riled up, but at the same time, we'll be sort of more in like a little bit of a groove where it's like, okay, we, we got the first one out of the way. Now we've only got a year until the second one. And, you know, we haven't been waiting like three or four years for this. And so, um, I don't think there'll be quite as much demand to to see stuff from Rogue, from Rogue One like right away. But I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah, it all depends on what the studio wants to do. Because, you know, like you mentioned, The Hobbits, Warner Brothers didn't feel they needed to do that for that. But maybe Disney would want to do that for Star Wars. So, yeah, it all depends on who's running the show, really. Yeah. So, anyway, getting back to D23 and the stuff we got there. Um, then, you know, they, they finally got to the Force Awakens part of the panel um, J.J. Abrams was there. John Boyega and Daisy Ridley were there. Um, and then Harrison Ford was there too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. And then – so it wasn't quite as big of a, a cast gathering as they had at like Comic-Con or um, – let's see. Well, I guess they only had three of them there at Celebration. So, um, yeah, they just had uh, Harrison Ford instead of Oscar Isaac. But um, – you know, they had those guys out there. They were talking about the movie and stuff. And then um, they got what we were all hoping for, which is a poster for the movie. Now, this is not, as far as we know, like the the official 
uh, poster that'll be hanging up at the theaters and stuff. This is just an exclusive for the people who were there at D23, but it was designed by Drew Struzan and uh, still looks really great. I mean, it's got Ray in the center, Kylo Ren on the right with a bunch of TIE fighters, um, Han Solo and Finn on the left side with a bunch of X-Wings in the background, Finn with Luke's lightsaber, um, which is really cool to see. Um, and then just the Star Wars The Force Awakens logo on there. Um, and you can tell it's not the official poster because it doesn't have like all that fine print at the bottom with the cast and directed by J.J. Abrams and all that stuff that they always put at the bottom of, mov- at the bottom of movie posters. But still a really cool looking poster and uh, definitely um, you know something that anybody who was there at D23 and got to be in the audience and get one of these, they're uh, certainly lucky to have that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a little disappointing that we didn't get the actual poster because I think it's past time that we did get one <laughs> for the movie. But yeah, I mean, if you're at the convention, and who's going to complain about getting a new Drew Struzan drawn Star Wars poster? I mean, yeah, it's t- in typical Drew style, which looks awesome. But yeah, I mean, I would say if that was the actual poster, it'd probably be a little disappointing <laughs> because not all the characters are featured on there. But we know it's not, so it's just a really cool collectible item to have for those who were there i mean i can imagine those who were able to get one just not geeking out when they first saw it i mean it was cool how they revealed it too you got john boyega on there like telling about the poster then it pops up on there and it's all like you know what i think all of you are gonna get one too and like the crowd just goes crazy so it was a cool reveal for it and then yeah just just kind of say enough how cool it is to see new Star Wars art by Drew Struzan for a new Star Wars movie with new characters. So, yeah, it was pretty cool, despite it not being the official poster. Yeah. Um, now, one thing that I was going to ask you about, um, this thing with Finn with the lightsaber. Um, obviously, you know, cool imagery there. Um, you know, sort of a, a reveal, although at, even with the concept art we saw back at Celebration, that was, uh, you know, attached to his costume there in that gallery that they had, you could see that um, he had that lightsaber hilt somewhere on his costume. Now, I think a lot of people are taking this as, like, official confirmation that Finn is going to be the one who gets the lightsaber um, and, you know, becomes the the Jedi or whatever. Um, Now, do you, I don't know, do you think that's, like, officially the case now? I don't think it's just going to be him. I think he's definitely going to use it, but I think Ray's going to have her shot with it, too. I think that's going to be something that's going to be different with this movie. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to play it as where he is force sensitive, but maybe not as strong as Ray, and she's the one who has to like take on like the main role as the next like main hero, the one to carry on like the light side of the force as like the hero's journey type, where they're leading you that it's Finn, but then it ends up being Ray at the end. So I don't know. I kind of have a feeling that they're both going to have their time to shine with Luke's lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> and, if it does end up being where she is uh, an offspring of Han and Leia or just has that Skywalker bloodline in her, it would make sense for her to have that lightsaber after Luke and Anakin. So, yeah, I think he's going to use it, but it probably will end up going to Rey when it's all said and done, I think. I completely agree with you. Um, and I've had people completely disagree with me on that, but I'm like, for one thing, in all the... Like, all the other imagery we've seen of Finn in, like, the promotional stuff, you know, any leaked, uh, like, posters or any of that kind of stuff. Also in the action figure packaging that's been showing up now, and even in the uh, his Disney Infinity action figure that they showed off at Celebration, or at uh, D23, I mean, 
everything else has him using a blaster. Um, and I'm like, again, I think he is going to use the lightsaber in the movie. I'm not saying that it's like a red herring or something, but it's like if he were like the main Jedi hero and that was his weapon, I would think his action figure would come with the lightsaber. Um, and then also, I mean, Ray is the one who's like front and center in this image. Now, name me one main character in a Star Wars movie who hasn't used a lightsaber for late, you know, lightsaber before or been a, a Jedi or force sensitive or something. Um, and of course, when I say main character, I'm not talking about like, you know, Han or Leia or Padme or whatever. I'm talking about like, if you had to pick one central character, like the character who's got the biggest spot on the poster or the DVD cover or whatever, basically for the original trilogy, it's Luke for the prequel trilogy, it's Anakin. And from what we've seen so far, it seems like that's going to be Ray for the sequel trilogy. So, um, yeah, I, I think she's going to be a Jedi too. I think maybe for this movie, like that's the only lightsaber they have. And so they're maybe both going to have to use it or learn to use it or something. I don't know. I'm excited to find out. And I don't really have like a concrete theory on it at this point. So I don't have something that I'm going to like really stick by, but I don't think the fact that Finn has the lightsaber in the poster is enough to go on to say that like, okay, that's definitely his and he's the only one who's going to have it. Yep. I agree. It's like, yeah, it's something that could separate it from itself from the past two trilogies where it's not just one character who's going to be, well, I guess with Anakin and Obi-Wan, they were main characters who both had lightsabers, but I guess in particular Luke and Anakin's lightsaber that Finn has, the fact that it's going to be, passed down to not one but maybe two maybe at the end rave will only have her maybe finn will end up with it at the end but yeah i just think it's they're gonna do something different with it that a lot of people aren't expecting i mean we have our theories on what might happen regarding that but like you said i saw some complaints too or not complaints but maybe a little disappointment that ray wasn't the one who was going to use it but i was just thinking ah, just be patient wait till you see the mm -hmm. movie they could still be surprises there where yeah. she will end up using it so yeah just like you said you don't know what to expect just yet, and I don't think it's a red herring like you said, but it's, there's more than meets the eye with just Finn using that lightsaber, I mm -hmm. will say. Yeah, totally agree. And I think by the end of the trilogy, you know, even by the end of like episode eight maybe, I think they'll both be Jedi. I think they'll both have their own lightsabers. Um, or if anything, I think Rey more so than Finn probably will be the Jedi just because, again, we're – banking on the fact that she's going to be Han and Leia's daughter, probably, you know, continue the Skywalker bloodline and have the strong force potential. Um, and maybe, I mean, I don't know, maybe Finn is just like a skilled warrior or maybe he's just like the brave guy that, you know, picks up the lightsaber and he's like, I can't use the force. I'm not a Jedi. I don't know what to do with this thing, but I'm going to start swinging it at the bad guys. Um, or it could be something too, where Ray knows she has that ability, but, she's kind of hesitant to use it mm -hmm. and Finn's like, okay, like if you're not going to use it, I'll, I'll use it then to use yeah. the one to defend ourselves and all that type of stuff. Right. And then by the end, she has to, I guess, work up the courage or come to terms where, yeah, she's destined to use it and that's her weapon. Yeah. I think that's definitely a possibility too. Um, but I think like if, if they're both force sensitive, if they both can use a lightsaber well, and if they have to share that one in this movie. I don't think that's going to be the case for the rest of the trilogy, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but from what we've heard so far, um, I mean, depending on what different rumors you want to listen to, I mean, by, by all accounts, it does kind of sound like Luke is going to have, um, I don't want to say a small role in this movie, but probably not a ton of screen time. Um, yeah. 
you know, again, we're hoping the rumors aren't true that, like, you only see him in the last shot of the movie, but I don't think he's going to be with them from the very beginning of the movie either. Um, so they're not going to have time to, like, you know, they, they, there won't be a scene in The Force Awakens like there was in A New Hope where, you know, they're journeying to their first destination and Luke is training Ray or Finn with the lightsaber on the Millennium Falcon and, you know, has them fight a remote with the blast shield down and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I don't think they're going to get to that in this movie. So it's going to be like whether they already know they have this power, whether they discover it for the first time, they're going to have to like rely on themselves and kind of figure it out along the way. And it's like, oh, well, we've got this lightsaber that we found. It's a Jedi weapon. Let's do something with it. And then when they finally get to meet Luke and start training with him, then, you know, I think as they progress, you'll see them, you know, not only get stronger in the force, but also get their own lightsabers eventually. Yeah. But one of them has to end up with that lightsaber. <laughs> I think it's like Luke's going to have him say, oh, this is yours mm-hmm. now. Like it's passed down from my father now to me or actually from my father to Obi-Wan then to me. But now yeah. it's on to you because he's I'm assuming he still has his Return of the Jedi lightsaber, too. I sure hope so. Because, yeah. you know, as he's walking back after, at the very end of Return of the Jedi, he's walking back to the Ewok treehouse and he greets Han and Leia. The lightsaber is still hooked on to his belt there. So we know mm-hmm. it survived the Death Star explosion. It's just a matter of between Jedi and The Force Awakens if that lightsaber survived. So. Yeah. Well, heck, even if that lightsaber was in, you know, even if it got lost in the Death Star explosion, I'm sure he could have retrieved it somehow because Obi-Wan somehow retrieved his lightsaber from the pit on Naboo before episode two. I think he just built a new one. Or just, well, just like the design and kept it the same. I guess. I mean, yeah, that probably is what happened, but I always thought it was a little weird that like, that's the exact same one. Whereas every other time you see somebody lose a lightsaber, like they've got a new one in the next movie. But then when he lost it in episode two or where Dooku took it, he's like, you know, it's time to make something different. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, that had to happen because he had yeah. to make the one from episode three or exactly. four. Just from a story um, standpoint, you go, you know what? I've been having some issues with this lightsaber. It keeps getting lost. Time for a new design. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's the poster. You know, like we said, really cool design. If anyone is listening to this and happened to be there at D23, you know, lucky you to be able to get one of these. Um, can't wait till they release the official one and we all get to have one. But I kind of think too, is that like just a portion of the main poster? Like just a section of it, but then like they're saving the rest of it for like the big reveal when we finally get it uh, announced. Hmm, Instead of having possible. to be commissioned to do two separate ones, they just like took a portion of the main one. I don't know. Um, You know, I hadn't thought about that, but that that's possible. Um, I don't know. Because if you look at the bottom, there's like, you know, those red shapes that looks like it could be something Imperial. So I don't know, maybe like Captain Phasma or General Hux would be like right below that or to the right there or something. Um, yeah, because you know Poe Dameron's got to be on there too, I would yeah. bet. Yeah, you got to have Poe Dameron. You got to have probably the Millennium Falcon unless they're just yeah. going to go with the X-Wings and the TIE Fighters. Um, but yeah, I, I think you got to have Poe Dameron and Captain Phasma on there too. Um, and maybe General Hux as well, but, um, I don't know. Yeah. This, just something I thought of when I saw it, this makes, it may be cool if Drew did two separate pieces of Force Awakens are one just for D23 and then something totally different from the poster, but 
Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and find out. So whenever we do get that real poster, which we're still waiting for, it seems like almost every like big convention or event, we're thinking, okay, we're gonna get the poster here. Okay, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna get the poster here. No, this one. So, but I don't know, New York Comic Con maybe. <laughs> I don't know if they're gonna have a big presence there, but I think that's the next big convention. But yeah, hopefully maybe. It's sooner than that. I mean, maybe they'll just release it on Force Friday. Or at least whenever the new trailer comes out, I would hope they put that the poster release that too. Because I remember that happened with most of the prequels, but episode one in particular sticks out to me where the second trailer we got for that is when we got the poster also. Okay, yeah, that would be cool. It makes um, sense, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I hope so. And I hope we don't have to wait until uh, New York Comic Con in August or October. Um, yeah, the sooner the better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they always have a big Star Wars Rebels panel there every year, but... I mean, as far as I can remember, I don't think they've ever really had a big movie presence there. Yeah, not really. Um, yeah, so, um, I mean, we've got the movie stuff. Uh, we'll get to the video games in a little bit, too. But, um, I mean, while... Actually, I guess John Boyega and Daisy really came out later again for the, the video games panel, right? Yeah, that wasn't part of the, the Force Awakens thing. Yeah, um, that was separate. With the Disney Infinity and all that. But the other big announcement from the uh, the Star Wars, yeah, the Star Wars movie panel that day, um, and this is probably the thing I'm most excited about, is that they finally made an official announcement about the Star Wars expansion to the Disney parks. Um, and it's going to be huge. It's going to be awesome. They said it's going to be like a 14-acre expansion at both Disneyland and Disney World. Um, which I was really happy about because I'm like, sweet, I can drive there. I don't have to fly to Florida. Yeah. <laughs> um, although I still probably will fly to Florida at some point because they were also making announcements later about the uh, the Avatar expansion that they're building to the Animal Kingdom at Disney World. Um, and I really want to get to go to that too. But um, my first stop is going to be just driving to Disneyland and going to the, the Star Wars expansion once they finish that. Um, and of course it's probably still several years away. You know, they didn't release anything about an, uh, opening date or anything like that. Um, but they've got a few, uh, pieces of concept art here of, uh, the Millennium Falcon. And it kind of looks like Naboo, at least the, the concept art that they've got for this thing. Yeah. Um, with like the buildings and stuff and just kind of some people milling around. But, um, just in terms of like their plans for this thing, they talked about, um, having, you know, restaurants and shops and stuff, and it's all going to be sort of like in universe. And so, um, you know, you go to like a, a restaurant, for example, it, there's going to be like droids and aliens. And the, I guess, I mean, at least from what I, from what it sounded like to me and how I interpreted it. And Tim, you can tell me if you got like a different feeling from this, but you know, it sounds like something where you would go to, a restaurant that's, you know, themed like the Moss Eisley Cantina and the people in there serving you, they wouldn't be like, hi, welcome to Disneyland, you know, wearing a name tag and stuff. Like they would be dressed like they belonged in the Moss Eisley Cantina and, yeah. you know, talking and acting like it and stuff, which I think is so cool. Like I want to go work there. Yeah, they said that. that no one's going to break character pretty much. Like you're just going to be immersed in that universe. You're not going to, like you said, no one's going to be using their real names or name badges and all that and you might have to learn how to speak like Hutties or something if they're not gonna <laughs> break <laughs> character but yeah it's just really cool they're going all out on this i mean they're saying it's going to be a brand new planet that they're creating and when you go there you're just gonna like you said different restaurants and stuff like that but the cool part at least for me is that 
the Falcon is kind of be like our main course, like course of transportation. And they're going to have a ride where it's going to be your piloting the Falcon on like, a, I believe they specifically said like on a mission, like as you're fighting against the first order. So you're really already has seen the episode seven influence on here too. But mm-hmm. the fact that you're going to have a ride where you're piloting the Falcon, I mean, how cool is that going to be? I mean, it's going to so awesome. be amazing. I mean, I just thought it would be somewhere where, yeah, the Falcon sits in the center. You go in to get a tour of it, like sit in the seats and all that. But no, it's going to be a ride. I mean, we thought Star Tours is awesome. I mean, I just kind of imagine what this is going to be. Yeah. And especially, I mean, they said it's going to be something that's like personalized to your experience or something. Um, I don't yeah. know if that means it's just going to be like Star Tours where, you know, you get like a different set of missions every time or something or um, – I mean, I don't know exactly how they're going to do it. I'm sure the Imagineers at Disney are going to, you know, come up with something completely new and surprising. But, um, yeah, I mean, that is definitely going to be really exciting. I think they said they're going to be, like, two big rides or attractions there um, along with, like, the Jedi Training Academy, obviously, and all that stuff that they have now. And, you know, like we said, shops and restaurants and people walking around in costume, like, as characters and stuff. And it's just uh, sounds like heaven. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when they're making this announcement, I was just thinking, come on, be Anaheim, be Anaheim. And then when they finally announced that, it's felt just like, yes, right in my own backyard, there's going to be a Star Wars world planet just waiting for me to visit. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that, I mean, one of the most exciting things for me is that he said, like, there will be, like, a full-size cantina. Um, I don't know if it'll necessarily be, like, the Moss Eisley cantina because this is going to be a different planet. But obviously something really similar, something, you know, themed – along that same vein there. Um, and I mean, I've been wanting that for like years. Cause right now, if you go to start, if you go on star tours, you come out and at least I know at, Di- at Disney world in Florida, like the gift shop that you come out through, it's built kind of like a Tatooine hut thing, like from the outside. Um, and I was like, man, they should just like build something else just like this, put a restaurant inside it and just make it the Moss Eisley Cantina. Um, and so the fact that now you'll be able to go to some place like that is just like so freaking cool. And this is something that we all knew was going to happen or speculated on when Disney bought Lucasfilm. Like we knew it was only a matter of time before <laughs> they started oh, yeah. doing something like this, but that finally have it officially announces this, that you can now officially start getting hyped and excited for it. Cause yeah, as you alluded to, it's still going to be quite the ways off. I mean, I'm expecting it to be open like by the time episode nine is done. I think yeah. I've heard on like one of my local news channels is that they're saying construction will begin like or it has to begin in twenty seventeen. So it'll take me a few years from that. So I think it makes perfect sense when they wrap up the trilogy to have this Star Wars land all opened up and they can use everything from all the movies if they wanted to. Yeah, definitely. Um and I guess I'm a little disappointed that they're not even going to start building it till 2017. I hadn't heard that, but um, at least for the Anaheim one, maybe the one in Florida will be different. But like oh, I said, okay. that was like from a local news report. Yeah, well, I still might just wait till they're done with the one in Anaheim. Um, but still, I mean, you know, they're going to take a while building something like that. But you know that when it's all said and done, it's going to be well worth the wait. The only negative is that I imagine it's going to be super crazy packed. <laughs> like the super first. crazy packed, but at least, you know, lucky you, you can just go there like on weeknights and stuff when all the tourists aren't there. That's a good point. Yeah, I, get, I wonder how much like a seasonal pass would be for that. Uh, 20,000 Republic credits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where you need the Jedi mind trick to work to get out of plane for credit. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But man, I mean, and this was something, like you said, we knew this was happening and it wasn't even just like speculation. I think at the last D23, like they said that they were going to do some Star Wars stuff at the Disney parks. Um, but I mean, this is sort of the first real, like official announcement and details and stuff of the plans that they're going to do. And, you know, obviously with concept art and the whole nine yards. So, um, yeah, super exciting to now know a little bit more about, you know, what this is going to be, what it's going to be like. Um, and just, you know, the, the fact that they're not just building a couple star, you know, a couple new star Wars rides, like it's going to be this whole new section where like it's a, a just star wars area um and they said like it's the biggest single ex- or the biggest single themed expansion that they've ever done for a disney park before so um yeah man i'm really excited about this yeah bob Iger wasn't joking when he was on stage and saying we got something big to announce for yeah. you guys this is pretty huge yeah definitely um so i mean that was pretty much all the stuff from the movie panel um, and then the following day, I think the Sunday of D23, they had the, um, you know, the whole video game stuff. Um, like we said, they talked about Disney Infinity 3.0, which is like the whole big Star Wars expansion. Um, Dave, or, why am I saying Dave Filoni? I don't know. John Boyega <laughs> and, uh, oh, John Boyega and Daisy Ridley. I think that's where I got the Dave from. Yeah, okay, that, um, that I can see, yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, was John Boyega wearing a cowboy hat on <laughs> Uh, no, but they came out on stage to show off their new, uh, their Disney infinity action figures, uh, that go with the game. Um, and then I guess, I don't know if it was part of the convention or if it was like a few days later, they released a new trailer for the, the clone wars slash like Republic, uh, you know, prequel era, um, part of the game. It actually looks pretty cool. Like I'm thinking about maybe checking that out now, even though I said I probably wasn't going to buy it and spend all that extra money on action figures and stuff. But I might at least buy the starter pack, um, and you know, kind of see where we go from there. Um, see, it's going to be something where, like, yeah, I'll just get the starter pack, but it'll be so fun. You're going to want to collect them all and get as much as get as many figures get released. You're going to want them. Yeah, well, <laughs> like you you know. we'll see. It'll be I'll, worth I'll it, cross though, no that doubt, bridge. It'll just hurt your wallet. <laughs> yeah, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. But I'm thinking about it. But obviously the thing I'm thinking about a lot more is Star Wars Battlefront. Um, now, they didn't really announce a whole lot of new stuff there at D23 as far as the game itself is, is concerned. But a few days earlier, they announced a new another new gameplay mode, um, which is uh, called Supremacy Mode. And this probably sounds kind of the closest thing we've seen so far to, like, the classic Battlefront games where you've got um, sort of command posts or control points or whatever you want to call them around the map. Um, And the objective is to try to get control of all five control points or to have the majority of them by the time the, uh, like, the 10-minute round is over. Um, It says each team starts the match controlling two of these control points and then initially is uh, fighting for control of the fifth one. Now, something that was kind of interesting here is that it said um, there'll be sort of like a set limit where you can only um, try to take control of like two control points at a time um, to try to sort of focus all the action on, uh, you know, on one area of the map so you won't have people just kind of like camping wherever and just trying to snipe people and get their kill to death ratio up and not participating in like helping their team try and take over capture points and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it'll um, help the respawn too, where you're not like so far away from the action. Yeah. Um, but they, they did say this is going to be another 
one of like the massive gameplay modes where um, you know you got like the ground troops and the heroes and the walkers and the vehicles and the starfighters and all that kind of stuff going on. So um, this will be another one that'll be you know really fun to play. And like I said, this kind of sounds the the most similar so far to what we're used to in Battlefront with taking over control points and stuff like that. Um, so that should be pretty cool. And then, you know, so at, D, at the D23 thing, they talked about that some more. Um, the the big new thing that they announced there um, is they announced the Darth Vader-themed PS4 bundle that comes with a, Darth, uh, a PS4 with a Darth Vader decal image on it, um, a new controller that doesn't really have a Star Wars image on it or anything, but... Um, or I guess it does, like, I'm looking at the image closer right now, and it does say, it has the Star Wars logo repeated over, like, that little sensor thing in the middle. Um, but then all the buttons are, like, white and red, and the controller's black, so it's kind of got a, a bit of a Darth Vader uh, color scheme going on, I guess. Um, the cool thing for me is that this bundle comes with... Um, you know, the game, obviously. And then I guess they're selling um, two different versions of it where you can get, like, the Battlefront bundle or the Disney Infinity bundle, um, where it comes with, like, the Star Wars starter pack um, with the Star Wars console. But then both of those bundles also come with a group of, um, like, classic Star Wars games that you can download. Um, and, I mean, aside from having a Darth Vader PS4, this would probably be the biggest draw for me because... It's got Star Wars Racer Revenge and Star Wars Bounty Hunter, uh, which both only came out on the PS2. And me having an Xbox, I never got to play those games, and I've always wanted to. And I was like, oh, the fact that you can download those on this new console, that's really cool. But, unfortunately, I'm still waiting for my Xbox One. Um, now, I'm disappointed that they didn't announce uh, an Xbox One bundle to go along with this as well, or you know, an Xbox One-themed uh, Battlefront console. Um, cause that's kind of what I've been waiting for and why I haven't bought, uh, an Xbox one yet. Cause I'm primarily buying one to play Battlefront on. So I would like a Battlefront themed one, but then I kind of realized after this announcement was made, I was like, you know what? I could just get a regular one and like buy my own Darth Vader sticker to put on it. Um, but that's you know, true. yeah, there's a spot easily where you could do that. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And yeah, I gotta get the one that the most of my friends have just so I have the most people to play online with. Um, so I'll be now that they've announced this, I'm like, they probably aren't going to announce an Xbox one unless they're doing both and PlayStation just paid them to announce theirs first. But um, I might just go ahead and buy an Xbox one pretty soon and, uh, you know, get myself warmed up and then, of course, get Battlefront like the day it comes out. So um, but I mean, cool looking console, cool bundle of games that comes with it. So. Uh, for anyone out there who wants to get a PS4 and you're wanting to get Battlefront, like this would be the perfect thing to pick up. Um, although I'm sure it'll sell like hotcakes over, uh, you know, especially since it's coming out right before, you know, Black Friday and Thanksgiving and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, certainly a cool exclusive. I'm just disappointed that it's an exclusive. Yeah. Eventually planning to get a PS4 because I already got an Xbox One, but eventually I want to get both. And hopefully that this Darth Vader version will still be around when I am able <laughs> to get a PS4 because, yeah, it just looks really cool. And like you said, the bundle, the fact that it comes with those four games, I mean, I love Star Wars ba Bounty Hunter. It was a cool game with Django Fett. And they said, too, that it's supposed to be a little bit enhanced. It's not going to look like a PS4 game, but they're going to probably up res the resolution to make it look better in HD. And so that's 
even better. And then the fact that you get Super Star Wars from the Super Nintendo as one of the four, I think that's awesome. I mean, I, not too many places where you can get that game right now. So the fact that you can yeah. have that included is just really cool. So I think this is like a win-win for anyone who doesn't have a PS4 yet and is a Star Wars fan and is thinking about getting one. I mean, how can you not want to get this? It's just a really great deal. Yeah, and also, and the fourth game included in that bundle is uh, Star Wars Jedi Starfighter, which I don't think was a PS2 exclusive back in the day. I seem to remember no, it being on it Xbox. It did come out on Xbox later on. Yeah, I only remember playing it on the uh, like the arcade machine. Mm. Yeah, Battle Hunter was only for PS2 and the GameCube. For some reason, it never came out on Xbox. Oh, Bounty Hunter was on GameCube too? Mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought it was only on PS2. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, like I said, this is a, a definitely a cool-looking thing to have. Um, the new Battlefront stuff. I mean, we didn't really see any new gameplay footage or anything from the Supremacy mode. But, um, you know, again, the, the stuff that we are seeing and hearing from it continues to look and sound impressive. And, like I said, the Disney Infinity um stuff is uh you know maybe starting to grow on me um that looks you know pretty fun as well so um like i said that new trailer is out there for it um if you haven't checked that out yet um and it's nice to see that they're still doing like new star wars stuff that's including a lot of the clone wars content because it's not like they kind of threw ahsoka in there just as fan service like in that trailer that i was watching they had several scenes of like Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka like fighting battle droids together and then they're fighting Cad Bane and you know all this stuff and it was like oh cool okay so they're they're still kind of going with that um so uh let's see any any last thoughts you wanted to add on the uh, D23 stuff there Tim yeah just the fact that it was better than what I expected it to be I thought we're you know, get a few Force Awakens announcements, like the poster, maybe some like new character looks, maybe Maz Kanata or Supreme Leader Snoke, but wasn't expecting pretty much anything for Rogue One, just maybe that teaser we got a celebration, but we got a lot more with that, and then the Disney theme, the Star Wars themed Disney Park announcement, I mean, yeah, so much good stuff, so I was excited for it going into it, but then afterwards, it was like blew away the expectations I had for all the awesome Star Wars stuff we got from there. So to say it was success was an understatement. It was a beyond a success for, I guess, the real the first D23 that had a major Star Wars presence on there. I mean, they knocked it out of the park, I think, with what they did with Star Wars there. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, we, we might have been hoping for a little bit more stuff with The Force Awakens. Um, although, you know, we found out ahead of time there wasn't going to be any new footage or anything there. But um, I think what it lacked in episode seven stuff, you know, it made up for with Rogue One and the theme parks and the, you know, the video games and just all this kind of stuff. So it was, it was less of, you know, a focus on episode seven and more just like, here's a bunch of star Wars, everything. Totally. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was all really cool. Just as, as like this big package where we got little glimpses of a whole bunch of stuff coming up. Um, yeah. So we couldn't even call it like, I think we were expected to be like the Force Awakens section of that panel they had, but it was like the Star Wars section of the panel because like yeah. said, they had a lot of different things covered there. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, our, our last section here, um, hope you guys are still with us. That was, I mean, D23 was just this past weekend. You know, originally I had wanted to record maybe like Sunday night or Monday or something. And, uh, you know, it's been kind of a busy week. We didn't get to record till right now. And I'm glad we didn't get to record until today because just today we had something else come out. Um, it just kind of leaked over the past few hours online and starting to 
disappear and be taken down already. Um, but if you hadn't heard, like, over the past few days or, you know, maybe even the past, like, week or two, um, some stores have started to, uh, you know, not quite get the memo about Force Friday and, uh, you know, some Force Awakens merchandise has been popping up at various Walmarts and things and, you know, some of the first action figures and stuff. Um, and so you can start trying to find images online of, you know, Kylo Ren and Captain Phasma action figures and stuff. And one day it'll be somebody found a three and three quarter inch at Walmart. And one day it'll be somebody found a mask at a grocery store or something. Um, but then just this evening, um, I don't know where people got this from, but, uh, you know, it got leaked like this Hasbro, it's the Hasbro's ultimate guide to the galaxy. And it's basically Hasbro's catalog of Force Awakens toys. You get to look at everything in here. Um, like I said, if, if you haven't checked this out yet, um, it might be kind of hard to find. I'm looking at it right now on the forums of uh, StarWars7news.com. Um, but, I mean, just kind of scrolling through all these images here. Um, and I'll just kind of, you know, run through these toys, like, one by one as we see them. But there's, like, Nerf Blasters of uh, the First Order Stormtrooper and Chewie's Bowcaster. Um, and, of course, before that in the catalog, there's some more really cool-looking images of Kylo Ren. Um, then we start getting to the actual toys. There's the Nerf Blasters. There are, uh, you know, new masks and helmets. Um, they've got, like, uh, sort of more, like, cheaper um, basic masks for Kylo Ren and the First Order Stormtrooper. And then they've got the electronic voice changer things for uh, Kylo Ren and Chewbacca. Then they've got this new Star Wars Blade Builders lightsaber thing where they've just taken the Kylo Ren lightsaber concept and let kids go hog wild with it where you know it's got like lightsaber handles with all these different connecting parts and almost looks like a lego set or something um and it shows some of the different possible combinations you can make out of it and it's got like lightsaber tridents and lightsaber pitchforks and <laughs> double bladed lightsabers with spikes coming out of the handle and all this crazy kind of stuff um, it's like all those joke videos and parodies you saw of Kylo Ren's lightsaber when the first teaser came out and they're like going to the extreme of what the different lightsaber designs they can have. This is what that toy is. <laughs> basically, that's it in a nutshell. Um, and then and so in addition to that, um, the ones where you can build your own, they're coming out with like new um, official lightsaber toys. Obviously, they've got uh, new Luke, Obi-Wan, Vader and Kylo Ren uh, lightsabers coming out and they've got, um, like electronic versions that make the sounds and light up. And then they've also got, uh, just extendable ones, which I'm assuming those are going to be like, you know, the ones you can get for seven bucks or whatever, um, where the blade extends and retracts, but it doesn't make noise or anything. Um, then we come to the action figures and, uh, I mean, a lot of these are, you know, pretty cool looking figures and we've got you know, a bunch of Force Awakens characters as well as some original and uh, I don't know if there's any prequel, but, you know, some classic characters in here. Um, I, there is one. There's like a two set with Obi-Wan and Commander Cody. That's in there. That looks pretty cool. Oh, OK. But it I seems like for the oh, go I was just going to say, I will say the artwork that they have for these packagings and just maybe it's just for this catalog. They're really cool. I just really love the art that's going to be on these toy packages. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's definitely looking uh you know, way cool is just some of these character depictions, but, um, 
it, it seems like I guess sort of the main three and three quarter inch line of these figures, they're going to be like build a weapon figures. They call them where each figure comes with like a piece of a thing that you connect together. And I can't even tell what these weapons are. It shows you what they turn into, but um, I think they have these other line too. Where it's I think it's called like I forget. It's almost like a like a armor. Like it's called armor up. That's yeah, it. yeah. They've got these armor up figures too. Um, it's like they have like uh, like armor, like mask, and like almost kind of similar to stormtrooper armor, but just on the chest. And then like you got like I'm looking at a Finn one right now. It looks like he has Han Solo's hood from Hoth because they're on the snow planet. But then he has like a mask and a white armor on his chest. So stuff like that. Where when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this going to be a costume for a movie but then you see like a bunch of other characters that have it like luke from the empire strikes back or boba fett or something like that so mm-hmm. like no it's just for the toys yeah and yeah i think this is more you know the kind of stuff that they pack in there for like kids to have extra stuff to play with exactly um, like for me as a collector because they even they you know they've thrown stuff in there like that before um I remember, like, I've got the Clone Wars Quinlan Voss figure, and for whatever reason, like, they gave him a hoverboard or something <laughs> that he never used in the show. And I'm like, okay, that's going in a little plastic bag of miscellaneous accessories that I'm never going to use, and I just stand them on the shelf. Um, but, you know, I mean, I guess it's cool if kids want to use that stuff and play with it. Um, I never do anything with that kind of stuff, but... You'd probably um, eventually lose it, too. <laughs> yeah, that too. That's what's going to happen, really. Yeah, I know for me as a kid, especially any of the ones that shoot, like, projectiles and stuff, like, that thing would be lost behind the couch within, like, an hour of me opening yeah. it out of the package. <laughs> um, but as far as the figures themselves, for these build-a-weapon ones, um, I mean, they've got Episode Five Luke... They've got Kylo Ren and Captain Phasma, which even for like the three and three quarter inch line, you guys know how much I love the the six inch black series and how much I rave about that series. But I will probably be picking up a three and three quarter inch Kylo Ren and Captain Phasma just because they are both some really cool looking figures and because they haven't announced a six inch Phasma yet. And I just need something with that chrome armor on it because even in this picture of the three inch one, like that looks pretty freaking sweet. It looks incredible. Yeah, I just hopefully they're not going to be flying off the shelves where it would be kind of hard to find one, but yeah, yeah. cause I'm well, going to be ones that a lot of people are going to want to have. Yeah. And see if we, if we get in line early enough for midnight force Friday, you know, we can be the first people making them fly off the shelves. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't mind if they're flying off the shelves as long as they're flying into my shopping cart. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, and they've got, uh, Finn, Poe Dameron and a uh, first order TIE fighter pilot. Um, they've got Darth Vader, Ray, and a First Order Stormtrooper. Um, they've got a Finn in a different outfit. Um, or actually, no, I'm sorry. This first character that I thought was Finn, that's a Resistance Trooper um, in that first set that had Poe Dameron and the TIE Fighter pilot. Um, so I guess I got messed up by that because the artwork under it shows Finn, but that's yeah. not actually <laughs> Finn. Um, but then there's this other set here. It's got uh, Finn, a First Order Flame Trooper, and Constable Zuvio, uh, who I'm guessing is going to be a new character on Jakku. But he's kind of cool looking because he looks almost he looks similar to Embo. He's got yeah, like a wide same thing. he's got a wide brimmed hat. He's wearing like a, a mask or scarf or something around his face that uh, you know makes it hard to tell what he looks like. But I do think he's like an alien character. He's got like yellow eyes and kind of a wide face that doesn't quite look human, um, and got like a spear looking thing. Yeah, I mean, definitely has that Embo vibe. This hat's a little smaller, but yeah. I have a feeling maybe 
I don't know. I haven't looked at it, like the description on the back of it of his figure if it says anything. But I'm thinking maybe he's going to be like a guard or something in Maz Kanata's palace, and maybe not necessarily Jakku. But I don't like oh, that could be too. Oh, yeah, maybe that info's out there. I just haven't had a chance to look at it. If, like the back of his card and his bio says anything. Yeah, maybe. And again, I mean, I haven't even really looked at the all the images of like the card packaging and stuff. Um, I'm just going off this Hasbro catalog right here that just came out tonight. Um, and this just has, it's just the images of the figures and like you said, some of that concept art and stuff, but it's not um, the actual packaging and stuff like that. But yeah, there are plenty of websites. Like I'm also looking at Rebel Scum on my computer right now. Um, and they've got a whole gallery of the fronts and backs of uh, action, action figure packaging and stuff like that, that people have just found at stores that have started selling this stuff early. I'm like, man, why can't my local Walmart you know, I know. <laughs> break the embargo and get themselves sued by Lucasfilm? <laughs> I know, got their uh, ignorance be my benefit of getting these figures early. <laughs> yeah, I did check at, uh, there was one day I went out um, and I had you know some other errands to run or something, but I drove around and... Uh, stopped at like two targets and a Walmart on my way home. Um, and you know, checked to see if they had stuff. And of course they didn't have anything yet. Although you could tell that they were kind of clearing stuff out and getting ready to bring in all the, the new force awakened stuff because they barely had any star Wars stuff left at all. And the stuff they did have was marked down on clearance. Mm -hmm. Um, in fact, they had some black series figures that were marked down from like 20 bucks to like 13, um, and I was like, man, I would totally get these if they weren't all like Greedo, Slave Leia, or <laughs> characters that I have already. Um, so yeah, then they've got like these armor up figures like you were talking about. They've got um, Finn, Luke, Chewie, Poe. Although it's, this is kind of cool. They've got Poe Dameron in like his resistance um, outfit with the jacket and everything. Kind of like the same thing that um, Finn is wearing in most of the stuff you see him in. Um, and not in the, the X-Wing pilot uniform. Um, then there's, you know, another Force Order Flame Trooper, Storm Trooper, uh, Boba Fett, um, and then a Kylo Ren figure without the hood on. Yeah, that caught my attention. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's kind of cool to see. Yeah, um, like, I think this is our first, I mean, we I think we saw some concept art without his hood on, where yeah. we saw his mask, but I guess, uh, I guess officially, even though it's just a toy, but it's kind of our best look of how we will look without his hood on and you definitely get more of the vader vibe especially in the back yeah than, definitely than what we got before with the hood so it, i wonder how much we'll see of him with just his helmet and mask on without the hood on his cloak covering it because it does look cool even without it mm -hmm. um yeah, and then they've got like some two packs of three and three quarter inch figures so there's uh zeb and chopper han and leia obi-wan and cody uh Anakin and Yoda, R2 and 3PO with 3PO's mysterious red arm that, you know, he had to replace after Chewie ripped it out because 3PO beat him and uh, Dejeric there. Um, <laughs> At least we're hoping. <laughs> that, that's my theory that I'm sticking with. Um, and then this one other pack that actually has three figures and it's BB-8, Uncar's Thug, and Jakku Scavenger. Um... And I'm guessing this is probably like the same little scavenger dude that sells him to Ray in that uh, that image we were looking at earlier. Mm -hmm. um, and Tito. then, <laughs> you know, this Uncar guy that I think we've heard of before. I think we, we've heard a description of, you know, Uncar Thug or something. Maybe it was like the Lego sets that we yeah, were talking about that's last what I'm time remembering. or something. 
Um, so I'm thinking maybe that'll be, you know, some crime boss on Jakku or something. Um, but so then they've got some three and three quarter inch, uh, figures with vehicles. Um, one interesting thing here, it's actually got Kanan from Star Wars Rebels with a Y-Wing scout bomber. Um, now I'm thinking, you know, does that mean we'll see Y-Wings on Rebels this season? Probably. Does it mean we'll see these little miniature Y-Wing scout bombers? I don't know. I think that might be something they designed just for the toys. Because um, they've done this before where they, you know, especially for like the, these kind of smaller scale, like this looks like something you could pick up for like 15 or 20 bucks. It's not like one of the real big, um, you know, like the X-Wing toys or something like that. Um, so this is probably, you know, something that they kind of just like shrunk it down and made like a more toy scale version of it. And plus, so we um, saw what the Y-Wings look like in the Clone Wars. It seems like kind of a drastic change for them, being so close to New Hope. Like, they changed the, to that style, then they go back to almost how they were in Clone Wars. So, yeah, I don't know if we're going to be seeing that design in the yeah. actual show. Um, but, yeah, then they've also got um, some new vehicles that we'll probably be seeing in The Force Awakens. Like, they've got a... Uh, Let's see, First Order Assault Walker and Stormtrooper Sergeant. And this is something that kind of looks like the ATRT from, uh, you know, that we've seen like in the Clone Wars era. Um, there's also a new First Order speeder bike with a black, um, like, elite Stormtrooper. Um, then also a, like, a snow speeder looking thing with a turret on the front. Um, and uh, Finn with, like, a desert land speeder. Um, now, I get the feeling that maybe not all of these will be in the movie. Like maybe some of these will, maybe some of these they've designed just as toys. But, um, I mean, if these are all new vehicles from the movie, I think that's pretty cool. Um, although I don't know, maybe just like the thing with Finn with all the blasters on the speeder, um, maybe kind of makes me think this is something that just kind of looks like a toy, but, um, I don't know if it is in the movie, like that'd be cool too. Um, but I definitely like this new, uh, black and red speeder bike here. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. That's something I hope we do see in the movie. <laughs> that, yeah. I think that artwork looks really cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then they've also got, uh, you know, uh, the black and red, like special forces tie fighter. They've got Poe Dameron's, uh, black and orange X-wing, which looks awesome. again, <laughs> looks way cool. Um, they've also got this new big battle action Millennium Falcon toy that actually has like a cannon that pops up out of a little hidden compartment on the front of the Falcon and fires nerf darts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. I, I doubt the Falcon in the movie is actually going to have like a giant hidden cannon in there, but um, <laughs> for a toy, that's pretty cool. It's actually a nerf blast too in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. You see a TIE fighter flying through space with a bunch of Nerf darts stuck on the wing, and it's yeah. like, oh, they got hit by the resistance. And they still get blown up by Nerf blasts. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's what happens when you don't have shield generators on board. So I think better rectify that the first order. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they've got some more of like these jumbo 12-inch figures of uh, you know, Finn and Kylo Ren and Vader and the first order Stormtrooper and Chewie. Um, and now they've actually got vehicles that go with these things. I'm like, who's got room to store these I things? Know, I really? don't know. Um, but they've got a, uh, you know, that first order scout walker and then a, 
speeder bike with Poe Dameron. Um, they've also got some new lines of like mini micro machine vehicles. Um, oh, come on. I'm scrolling down here and the images stop loading. <laughs> oh, here we go. Um, so then they've also got like some, um, some micro machine, like mini play sets. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I remember having stuff like this when I was, or I don't know if I actually had any of them when I was a kid, but, um, yeah, I remember they had these out around that time where it's like a character's head or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you open it up and it's like a whole little mini play set inside there. Yeah. Like I'm the same way. I never really had too many of those, but I saw them on the shelves all the time. <laughs> Yeah, I think I might have had one of them, but, you know, I remember playing with them at friends' houses who had, you know, a bunch of them and stuff. Um, then they've also got Furbaka, which I don't know why this is a thing. Um, like, have you people not seen Gremlins? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I know, Furby's even still that popular? No! Like, I haven't even heard of Furbies in years. I know, exactly. And, you know, the last time I knew those, I was a kid, my sister had one, and it was possessed by the devil. Like, (laughs) it would not shut up. We turned it off, and it wouldn't stop talking. And I think we had eventually had to, like, pull the batteries out. (laughs) I remember, like, locking it in the, you know, we locked it in the laundry room or something because it was the only place where it could make noise and we wouldn't hear it and it wouldn't like keep us up at night. <laughs> no one got so bad that they threw it outside for like a car to run over or something in the street. No, not quite. Uh, um, although if that were to happen now, I probably would do that without a second thought. Yeah. <laughs> It'd make for a funny story. It wouldn't make for a very funny story, especially once you see the reaction of the random passerby who's just driving down the road taking a, a nice lovely drive and suddenly a random furby comes flying out of nowhere and hits him on the windshield <laughs> yeah that's true um yeah in, in case you guys haven't noticed this is the part of the show where we get tired and go on long random tangents but uh <laughs> we're almost done here i'm and you know just getting to the best part of these action figures for me which is the six inch black series line um they've got finn they've got Ray with BB-8, which makes me super happy that they're not trying to bundle BB-8 separately and sell a two-inch little ball droid as a $20 six-inch figure. Um, So now I'm thinking, like, I probably will actually pick that up since I can get Ray and BB-8 all in one shot. Um, And then, of course, Kylo Ren, who just looks awesome, except I'm maybe a little worried about this cloth hood that doesn't look like it's quite going to stay on his head very well. Um, but still an awesome looking figure. And that is still going to be the first thing I pick up on force Friday. Um, and then also the, the first order stormtrooper and Chewbacca. Yeah. They um, really need to make a captain phasma one in this line. Like, oh, they, they definitely that? do. And I think they definitely will. We got, we just got to wait for, you know, wave two. Cause they'll probably be a Poe Dameron too. And, uh, you know, maybe even like an old Han Luke and Leia. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. They always do them in, although, I mean, they've got what, like five or six here? Yeah, five. So they, I mean, they usually do them in waves of like four or five at a time with the Black Series. So, um, yeah, I, I would be shocked and disappointed if we didn't eventually get a six inch Captain Phasma, but I'm also not at all surprised that she's not a part of the first wave. Um, they're, they're off the hook for now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. As long as she's in a, another wave, preferably wave two, but. Yeah, hopefully. 
Um, and then of course they've got like the big six inch, uh, or the six inch scale tie fighter that we saw at, uh, San Diego comic-con. Um, then something that I think is pretty cool. They're bringing back the, uh, the titanium series of like mini vehicles. Um, and they're sort of rebranding it as part of the black series line, I guess, but they're still calling it the titanium series. Um, and so these are like the little mini vehicles, kind of like the micro machine ones, but these are, um, a little more upscale, I guess. Um, kind of more for like collectors. If you want to have a, a fleet of little mini ships and they're not like flimsy plastic that you just play with or throw in your toy box or whatever, yeah. like they all come on stands and a lot of them are either like hard plastic or metal and they're nicely sculpted and stuff. Um, I've got a couple of those from the, uh, you know, some of the earlier lines. Um, so I might pick up some of these new ones, uh, once these start coming out, especially because they've got, you know, the first order, uh, TIE fighter and X or the first order TIE fighter and the resistance X wing and all that stuff. Yeah. Hopefully Poe Dameron's black X wing will be <laughs> another oh, one. That'll yeah. be there. That'd be cool to have with these. Yeah. I might need a bigger one of those though. Yeah. Um, you can, you can have both. <laughs> yeah. That's and again. I mean, I'm like at this point, I'm kind of running out of room for star Wars stuff. So maybe I will just get the little one. Um, then they're also coming out with new Force FX lightsabers, which is interestingly enough, they're also branding this as part of the Black Series. So I guess now the Black Series is not just action figures, but they're kind of using this to just encompass all of the um, the, the stuff that's more sort of targeted at collectors and not just kids. Um, you know, the action figures with the more articulation and the, the better sculpting and the, you know, the more expensive lightsabers that aren't just like the toy plastic tubes that you beat each other with and all that kind of stuff. How can I have Kylo Ren's lightsaber though? as part of the force effects. Like, it's like they're missing an opportunity there with that one. Yeah. Which is a little disappointing, especially because I know I saw at least two people at Celebration who had already made custom Kylo yeah, Ren exactly. Um, but I don't know. I mean, maybe they thought it would be too hard to make or hard to sell or something. I mean, it wouldn't fit in a regular box, that's for sure, because you got the two things sticking out on the sides. But yeah, you could attach those um, maybe or something. Yeah, or just sell it in a wider box. I don't know. Yeah. That might be something we see a little bit later down the line. Uh, I guess I can pick that up whenever the Captain Phasma Black Series figure comes out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, so that's pretty much everything. And then, um, just continuing to scroll down here, they've just got, um, some more images of some of the stuff in closer up. And it's not like the, uh, the catalog stuff with the graphics and everything. It's just like white background with just, you know, more images of these figures and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, cool to get a look at all this and, uh, kind of know what to expect when we go on force Friday and start picking up all these action figures and stuff. Um, and you know, definitely some really cool looking ones in here. You know, Kylo Ren and Captain Phasma still top of the list there. No surprise. Yeah, and hopefully when we all do go to Forest Friday, maybe for those who can't, don't wait online or further back in line, most of these figures will be on the store selves and we're not just like a bunch of furbacas or all that's left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine the disappointment if that's when you go in and all you see are those furbacas. <laughs> Um, but then of course this is still only on the, the toy side of things. We still don't know what you're going to be able to pick up as far as t-shirts and posters and Books. coffee mugs yeah. and yeah. you know, whatever else. So, um, certainly, Oh, what? It's going to be crazy that day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, crazy, exciting. And, uh, that's probably when we'll be, uh, 
recording our next episode, we'll probably just be back after Force Friday to talk about all our crazy stories and uh, halls of loot and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, but I think we are just about done for now. I think this might be our longest episode yet. I'm not sure yet, and I'm too tired to go check right now. But, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I mean, between uh, D23 and all that juicy goodness that Entertainment Weekly dropped in our laps, and then, you know, all the toy stuff from today, um, I mean, I knew it was going to be a doozy of an episode. So we got through it. It's been fun. Hope you guys are still with us. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, you know, thank you for, uh, for tuning in and, uh, enjoying all this stuff with us. Uh, Tim, anything else we got to add before we uh, sign off here? Yeah, I think we got everything covered. <laughs> all the big stuff that happened this last week is just crazy. Yeah. But can't wait to see what lies in store for us as we get closer and closer to December 18th. It's going to be a lot more fun. Just like this uh, discussion all this speculation and dissecting of the images we've got. Those interviews, yeah, it's just going to get even better as we get closer to December 18th. I can't wait. Yeah, for sure. Um, man, yeah, it's just, we say this all the time, but it's a super exciting time to be a Star Wars fan, and it just gets more and more exciting with all this new stuff that we keep getting. Um, but that is going to do it for this episode. Um, thank you guys again for tuning in. Uh, as always, you can follow us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Star Wars. The saga continues on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. Uh, you can send us email at Star Wars TSC at gmail.com. Um, and you can check out our website at starwarstsc.com. Um, those are all the ways you can get in touch with us, and we love to hear from you guys, talk Star Wars with you, share our crazy speculations, and uh, you know, just get excited about all this awesome stuff that's going on. So um, we hope to see you guys next time. Uh, like I said, we'll probably be back uh, you know, shortly after Force Friday and all the crazy fun that that's going uh, to come along with that. So um, until then, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time, and may the Force be with you. See you next time, everybody.